0: You are now listening to the
1: q Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is
0: this what you want? Well, I'm God damn it! What's up, everybody? You are listening to the q Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all today with entertainment, current events. It's been some crazy black on black Twitter war going on. <laughs> uh we get later into the NFL season, uh NBA, college basketball. We got a lot coming for this December show for y'all.
0: Yes, sir. If you don't know, we do have five segments. We have our sports segment, Two Wild uh, Wednesday. Social media wants to know, entertainment, and current events, and past the OX. So definitely stick with us through this whole episode because there was some fire music that dropped this weekend that I really want to dive into, especially with the Metro Booming Project. Also, for all of your betting needs, definitely go to sportsbook.com. First thing we are diving into is the NFL Week 13 recap And the game of the week going into week 13 was the Bengals versus the Chiefs. Everybody wanted to see if what we seen last year in the playoffs wasn't just a fluke between the Bengals and the the Chiefs. Obviously, the Bengals won, ended up going to the Super Bowl. But everybody wanted to see if they could do it once again in the regular season. And they proved themselves once again that there is something about the Bengals. Do they have Joe Burrow or do they have Patrick Mahomes' number? Because they couldn't get anything going. Speaking of the Chiefs, they couldn't get anything going on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I I think it's safe to say right now that Joe Burrow has Patrick Mahomes' number, and I think the Bengals as a whole has his number. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about Eli Apple and the rest of them boys. <laughs> they <laughs> they been getting clouded every other team they play. But when they play the Chiefs, they cut the lights on and there's no turning back. Uh, I think it's, it's cool to see that. Burrow is now undefeated against Mahomes now. And we hold Mahomes as like, hey, he the best QB in the league. So that means we have to start looking at Joe Burrow like, hey, bro, he's up in the conversation of the, you know how we always say, it's a 1A, 1B tier and whatnot. Even if we still don't want to say he's better than Pat Mahomes, we got to have the argument. He's up there with John Allen and there.
0: them boys. He's up he's there with He's up Josh. there, bro. When you give him time in the pocket, if you gave him offensive lines like Patrick Mahomes has and what Josh Allen has he can do the same damage bro he just don't have the time like them boys got
1: and I think it's the fact that he's doing what he's doing without having the time exactly More last, impressive. last year <laughs> last year with that terrible ass online he still beat the Chiefs in the AFC playoff um in a what's called an AFC championship and for at least a chunk of the game in the Super Bowl gave the Rams a, a good battle so mm-hmm. I, I think it's impressive what we're seeing Joe Burrow do. Not saying we haven't seen Mahomes or Josh Allen make it happen with a little help offensively, but we're consistently seeing Joe Burrow have to jump through hurdles that those other two quarterbacks haven't, and he's still making the shape.
0: And I was talking about it last week about the, the Chiefs. of They just looked so much more dominant than anybody else in the league. I thought they were clearly the best team. Then you see them have a game like, Sunday, where they couldn't get anything going, and that's when you start to question, like, damn, is this the team that I thought? Because everybody was healthy for the most part. Juju was there, Kelsey was there. I don't know if Hardman was playing, but you still have most of your weapons. Pacheco was playing, the defensive stars were there, and nobody really showed up. I mean, Patrick Mahomes only had like 16 completions, couldn't really get anything going, so that was just I don't know if that's an anomaly. I don't know if they've just been running through these other teams without this type of challenge. I don't know if it's about the, the Bengals having his number or what it is, but I, this is not the Chiefs team that I've been seeing for the past five weeks. That's what surprised me the most. I thought it was going to be a way better game than what it was, but it didn't feel as close as what the score says it was. Like It says yeah. it was a three-point game, but it felt like the Bengals really had control of it. Even though it was back and forth, I always felt like the Bengals had more control than than the, the, the Chiefs in this game, which was surprising after what I've seen the past five weeks, man. So I was, I was shocked that and, with this result.
1: And usually when you watch the Chiefs play, when they're getting score after score, you start to worry for the other team of like, damn, are they going to be able to keep up? And there were points in that game where you're worrying if the Chiefs are going to be able to keep up because <laughs> the Bengals, they yeah. were turning into the team where it's like, oh, shit, they're, they're going to score this drive. Like, what mm-hmm. are the Chiefs going to do? So when the Chiefs get into a situation where we're asking what they're going to do to to answer the problem, like that's when we have to start looking like, okay, does this team really have the potential to knock them off again?
0: And the thing about Patrick Mahomes that is so game changing about his play style is that Obviously, he's one of the greatest throwers we've ever seen at the quarterback position. But what really breaks the game open is when he runs the, the football, he scrambles out of the pocket, he picks up those crucial first downs. We really didn't see that on Sunday like we normally do. And I think it's because of those ends that they have for Cincinnati and Trey Hendrickson and with Hubbard. They really don't let him go outside of the pocket. They really contain him and keep him in the pocket and force him to make plays down the field. And when he's not scrambling, picking up those first downs, the Chiefs offense just looks completely different. When he can scramble out of the pocket and just make uh make off-kilter plays, obviously that's a big part of the Chiefs offense, but they were not allowing him to do it. So the scrambles and the off-kilters weren't there. They're forcing you to stay in the pocket. And we've seen a lot of short drives from the Chiefs, like, like I said before, that we do not usually see. So I give a lot of credit to that that Bengals. Defense for stepping up to the plate, and I think that's a key part on why we keep seeing this same type of outcome in the Bengals versus Chiefs matchup. It has a lot to do with that Bengals defensive line, bro. A lot to do with it. So I gotta give them credit. Obviously, they got bit they got a big jump from Jamar Chase coming back in this game. He had a huge game. T Higgins played well. Uh Samaji A P Ryan even played well with some good runs, uh, for that that rushing attack. But yeah, it go it all goes back to Joe Burrow and what he's able to do with that offensive line especially at the beginning of the season, that shit was terrible, dog. They was losing to whatever teams in the beginning of the season, but we're really starting to see them come along. And I seen somebody say, the Bengals are the most dangerous team in the AFC. When you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs, you know what I'm saying? You got the Chargers still right there. You got some other up and coming teams. Do you think they are the most dangerous and do they have the potential to get back to a Super Bowl?
1: I would say, yes, they're the most dangerous because of the fact that we continue to call the Chiefs the most dominant team. Damn, they're in the NFL, not even just the AFC. And the Bengals continue to show us, hey, they can be beaten. They can be beaten. They can be beaten. So they've proved it multiple times in the regular season and when it counts in the playoffs. So I have to say, yes, the Bengals are the most dangerous team. Do they have probably the highest chance to make it? That can still be debated. It depends on matchups when it comes playoff time, but I think the Bengals are the most dangerous team in the AFC. I
0: think because they are history too, bro. shows it. Honestly, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? And that's the thing, especially with the Bills going up and down. They had another dog fight against New England this week. I'm just not confident in what I'm seeing from them at all. And my man went down a couple of weeks ago, Von Miller. I don't know when he's going to come yep. back. I'm hearing that he could come back sooner than later, but still, his injury is up in the air right now. The Chiefs, obviously, you just beat them. So it's obviously the Bengals right now who will have to be at the top of that conversation. And when I say, can they get back to a Super Bowl? I think it's a legit question. They still have all of the pieces that they had last year, but they're just a year older with more championship experience. I think they could do it. If you give Burrow enough time in the playoffs, I think you're capable. I think they're capable.
1: We got to think about it, bro. The Bengals were a team we were talking about like seven, eight weeks ago. Damn, is this the most one of the most disappointing teams this Mm -hmm. season? Like, is the Super Bowl hangover really that real with a young team? And they're proving us wrong right now as later as we get into the season, more crucial as we get into the season. They're maturing a lot before our eyes, even though they're still young. And they're figuring out ways to win and winning dominantly, whether the score margin is large or small. They're yeah. finding ways to, with the eye test, like like you said before, even though the score was 27-24, you just felt like you watched the Bengals really win that game. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's the thing. You have to be able to win the ugly games when it's low scoring, and you got to be able to win the close games when it's high scoring for people to say, damn, they can get it done no matter what the situation is. Exactly,
0: so. bro. They can win in a number of different styles, and I think that's something that, I think the Chiefs are capable of doing that, too, because we've seen them for the past five weeks before this game that the rushing attack was coming along. Even in this game, McKinnon had some good runs. Pacheco had some good yards on the ground. Their running game is really coming along. We're still having that question about the the Bills, but I think what going back to the Samaj Piran point, that rushing attack is going to play heavy, especially when Mixon comes back and gets back into the mix. That's going to play heavy, especially when you have the best wide receiver trio in the league where you can hand it off to Mixon, and he gets productive yards every time he gets it. That's huge when we get around playoff time, man. So they got the formula still to get back to the, the uh Super Bowl for sure. Moving on, the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys dominated their opponents this week. The Eagles ended up playing the Titans in an AJ Brown revenge game. He went crazy. The Niners ended up dominating the 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 once uh the once uh, hot. Miami Dolphins and then the Cowboys just blew out the Colts on Sunday night football really routed them late so who is the favorite in the NFC right now we got the Vikings the Eagles the Niners the Cowboys it's so many teams you could look at but who is the favorite after what we've seen
1: I still have to say the Eagles, when we're talking about the NFC, it would have been the Niners if Jimmy G was still healthy right now. If Jimmy G Mm. was healthy, I have no choice but to say the Niners are the favorite in the NFC. But everybody's healthy on the Eagles. Everybody is playing well. They still are like the best complete overall team in football, not even just the NFC. So I got to say the Eagles are the, um, the favorite right now. But I have to say they also had the most impressive win out of these three teams. Miami has been kind of up and down the last few weeks. So the Niners win was was good, was really good. And the Cowboys, it it's was a cult. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, not, not granted. they did It was dominated.
0: Yeah. they dominated. Yeah.
1: Like the way they did it so late in the game, that was impressive. Regardless mm-hmm. of if they played a trash team or a great team, that was impressive to see that rally all the way at the end of the game but i think the eagles playing the titans who we say mike Brable, he he throwing his hat in the coach of the ring or uh, i mean coach of the year argument ring right now um with what he's doing with tennessee so i think the eagles had the best win out of these three teams this past week and i think they are the favorite in the nfc for the super bowl
0: i agree with you completely also on the point about the 49ers after that win against the after the win against the dolphins like at the halftime, before Jimmy G got hurt, I was like, this is the best team in football. Shutting down the best offense in the NFL the way they did, that was the best offense, Tua was in the MVP conversation. Tyreek Hill was running all around the field. Jalen Waddle was getting loose. And their rushing attack was doing well, too, with Jeff Wilson and Mostert. So to shut that down completely, Tua looked terrible. It's like, damn. If they can shut down a team like that, the best offense, they can shut down anybody in the NFC, But then you get the huge blow of losing Jimmy G. And I come on here and talk shit about Jimmy G all the time. But the nigga is a proven winner, dog. He can get the the job done. And he's known for spreading the ball around to playmakers. So losing that dude is a huge blow to the team. I know Brock Party ended up stepping in, having a solid game. I don't think the Dolphins' defense is that great. That's probably why he looked solid in the first game. But I still don't think he's the one that can really... Put them over the eagles in terms of like right. being the favorite in this conference, bro. <clears throat> I seen that was in the running for Baker Mayfield. Like, I think they're better off just sticking with Brock Purdy than trying to get Baker yeah. Mayfield anyway. Yeah. So, Plus I don't you, think that you was you still, a got,
1: you still got Trey Lance in your back pocket that you put all that draft capital into, yeah. And y'all still- Y'all still have to give Trey Lance a chance to play a full season. Next year he's so. gonna get his
0: chance, but this year oh, yeah, it was yeah, about yeah. Jimmy G getting the job done. So that's why it yeah. hurts even more because he was going to prove himself, prove himself to get a big contract in the offseason as well. So to not see that really uh come to fruition and,
1: is, and is crazy. I think he could get a decent contract now, but it'll it'll really be it may not be what he wants now, just strictly because of injury. Because I mm-hmm. think this whole season. He's proven that, a hey, talent-wise, he can not to the level of the, the star QBs, but that's here under that to where, a hey, he can get us wins and he doesn't mm-hmm. have to be great, but he could be on the Super Bowl team. He could be in that caliber of players to where his, his contract could have been pretty high. But now mm-hmm. the knock on it is you can't stay healthy. And yeah. as misfortunate as that is, that is something we still have to criticize. If you can't stay healthy, bro, we can't count on you. Because at first it was your talent and you not being healthy why we couldn't count on you. But you checked the talent box, but now you're still going down getting hurt. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know what the future holds for Jimmy G. I think he can still go to a subpar team and make them decent or go to a great team even and keep them afloat. But it, it remains to be seen until we find out how he's going to heal.
0: And I'm starting to hear reports that he could not be done for the season because the initial reports were saying that he was out for the The rest of the season, he won't come back anymore with the foot injury. But I'm hearing that in seven to eight weeks, he could potentially come back in the playoffs. It would, seven weeks would be the divisional round in the playoffs. So they would have to win a game for him to come back and actually play in the playoffs. So if that can happen, that would be a good sign. That would lead him in the right direction. But that would be a, a sticky situation too, because if Brock Purdy, let's say Brock Purdy gets you all the way to the playoffs, he wins his first playoff game. Do you want to take out Brock Purdy for Jimmy G when he just won you a playoff game? It's like, damn, you might as well keep the hot hand in if he's playing well.
1: I I would say no. I would put mm. Jimmy G back in if he comes back and he's healthy and can play. I would put Jimmy mm. G back in. It's mm-hmm. not it's not the same level now. Don't get me wrong. Like, let's say if this was. Like a Deshaun Watson situation. Obviously, Jimmy G is not on that talent level, but it has it still has the same effect. Even if you have somebody in like a Jacoby Brissett who is winning games, like whether Mm -hmm. it's because of him or whether he just doesn't mess up to where it ain't his fault, you still know the better person is coming back. So you gotta Mm -hmm. integrate them in some way. It was the same. But is he gonna be his full
0: self if he's coming back from that injury though? It's like that he can't be mobilized mm. out of the pocket. He can't he move around in the pocket like he usually does. There's the, the questions that comes questions along. Came with a
1: up, injury. The same questions came up with Dak in Dallas. Like people were wondering, mm-hmm. "Hey, do you really take um what you call it out right now while wow, he has the hot hand? Yeah, he may have lost like one or two games, but for the most part, he's the reason
0: Cooper this Rush, offense
1: yeah. is flowing as as great as it is." Mm-hmm. You know, so that was the question with Dak coming back. I think yeah, it'll be the same thing with Jimmy G. But it's working with Dak now that he's entered. I think it can also work with Jimmy G, regardless of the talent difference. It'll work.
0: Yeah. So I think the Eagles honestly win by default because I, I felt before Jimmy G got hurt that it was the Niners. The Niners were the best team And Just for how they were playing recently, they were on a five-game winning streak. They got McCaffrey. All of the playmakers were obviously helping with these Ws. The defense just shut down the best offense in the league. It's like, damn, you can't really really not say it's not the 49ers now. They get this setback. So I got to say the Eagles. The Eagles are still dominant. They still shut down Derrick Henry and the Titans in a dominating fashion. Uh, The offense still looked great. A.J. Brown had a great game. And the thing about the Eagles and why I think they're so dangerous come playoff time is that They have two number ones at the wide receiver position that a lot of of these other teams, when we talk about the Niners, the Cowboys, the Vikings, they don't have two number ones. Most of these teams have clear number ones. And then it's like a drop off when you talk about number twos. But Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are clear number ones. And we've seen it against the Titans, who have a good secondary. They throttled them, bro. They throttled them. Both have clear over 100 yards. Jalen Hurts looked dominant. The running game looked good. That's what's what's making me more confident. Obviously, the progression of Jalen Hurts, but they have two number one receivers. So even if they give an extra help to A.J. Brown in a playoff game, for example, you got Devontae Smith, who was capable of carrying the load for that team and really taking you over that hump when you talk about a playoff matchup, whoever they play when we get to that time. So that's what's making me more confident about that team too. But Dallas in that running game, it has to be talked about. And also the potential of bringing OBJ to Dallas is a conversation that we have to have because he was seen uh, with Michael Parsons and Trayvon Diggs last night out of Dallas Mavericks game. It's starting to become very certain that he will become a Dallas Cowboy over the next few days. Do you think OBJ makes a difference in this type of conversation that Dallas will be the favorite in the NFC?
1: It definitely shifts the conversation into Dallas's favor That could help them and hurt them because now they're running into a situation where if this really does happen, because he just had a meeting with them on Monday, just went to the game with them Monday night, so – it's clear as day now he's going to be a cowboy. Jerry Jones was not going to let him walk out of that office without <laughs> putting his signature on that paper. <laughs> yeah. So, you're in a situation now if you're Dallas, there are no excuses. I know we've been saying that for a few years now with Dallas of like y'all really don't have that many excuses to not make it, but damn, bro, add an OBJ to what y'all already have. I don't know what excuse you can have if What type cowboy of OBJ are, are you it.
0: getting though? What type of Oh, OBJ, it don't got to be nothing getting? crazy.
1: Gotta be nothing crazy. You gotta be you just need 80% of OBJ in your fine.
0: But he's he hasn't played in an NFL game since last year, since the Super Bowl. And so we're gonna just throw him into the fire this late into the season and tell him to produce. That's kind of
1: tough, bro. I don't
0: that's what I'm nervous about with OBJ. I don't know what to expect.
1: I I think if you're the Cowboys, one, you're not too worried about. At least I don't think you're you're not too worried about playoff seeding at this point. Just win as many games of the rest of the race. I think they're I think
0: they're sealed in. at the fifth position because I think the Eagles will clearly win the NFC because they're eleven to one right now, and Dallas will be slotted at the fifth uh, spot because they're the first wild card.
1: Okay, so boom, that that helps even more. You already know nine times out of ten you're slated at the fifth position when it comes to the, the one through seven playoff spots. Just. Play the rest of the season, let OBJ play the last what three to four games about because I don't know if he'll be able to play this week because it's probably Mm -hmm. too late for him with signing and all that. He'll probably have to wait till the next week. So, Mm -hmm. like what the last three to four games? Let OBJ play, even if the Mm -hmm. rest of the starters ain't even out there like that. Let him just get actual NFL snaps for the rest of the season. That way, going into playoff time, as long as you have an 80 to 85% healthy OBJ in that slot position going crazy. You good if you Dallas. You but don't this need is the, OBJ to be a number one.
0: But the, oh, I agree with that. But this is the thing. You're expecting uh, – I think people, they are expecting a lot of production out of OBJ when they get him, bro. And usually when recovering from an ACL injury, you don't become yourself until that next season. So trying yeah. to get him uh, in these first few games and like over the next five-week stretch – it's, I think it, I think time just has to tell what we're going to get with OBJ. I don't know if we're going to get even an 85% OBJ this year. I don't think we're going to get that at OBJ. I think we're going to get more so of a 70% OBJ this year because he's not going to have that burst like he usually does coming off an ACL injury in his first five weeks or his first two months back. I just can't see that happening that soon.
1: But because that's at what most he could be a distraction, even if he ain't. That's producing and this is my much. point. He could be a big is, ass distraction,
0: and that's my point. I was going to dive into that. Dallas has to continue their formula that worked with Cooper Rush and is working now. Your focus has to continue to be the running game. You just because you have OBJ does not mean you have to throw it all around the yard. Keep the main thing, the main thing, even when you get OBJ. Then you will be fine because now you're not relying on OBJ as much as you. Oh, uh, thought you would be with that type of offense because you still got CD, you still got Gallup. Now you got OBJ as a third option now, but your main thing is running the football, which has been working for you guys. Keep that the same, and I think they can have a productive run in this playoffs. If you get OBJ and try to throw at every goddamn play, y'all ain't gonna do shit. bro. Y'all ain't gonna do shit. That doesn't work for Dallas. We They have showed us for the past two years, putting it all on Dak's shoulders is not going to work. We've seen it. You have to keep the running game the main thing. If that happens, I think they'll do something. All right. And moving on, we already talked about the Jimmy G situation, but Lamar is also out one to three weeks with a PCL injury in his knee. So that's a sticky situation because they did win this past weekend against those trash ass Broncos with the backup, but they're eight and four right now. They have a backup quarterback, and he honestly didn't look that good against the Broncos, even though a lot of people or we're raving about him after the game. Where do we see the Ravens moving forward? Because currently they're slotted as the, the top of their division right now. They're eight and four, but the bit they're tied at first in their division because they're eight and four and the Bengals are eight and four. They're going to be without Lamar for the next one to three weeks. Can we potentially see a fall off in this tight AFC
1: race where
0: the seventh seed is seven and five? If you lose a couple of games in a row, you could be out of the playoffs.
1: Well, it depends. What's the rest of their schedule look like?
0: That's what I'm about, to, I'm about to tell you that. So they this game, they play the Steelers. They play the Steelers, but with a backup. And the Steelers have a good defense. And the game after that, they play the Browns, but with Deshaun now. And the Browns also have a good defense. And in that third week, they play, where are they at? The Ravens. Do they have a bye week this week? They can't have a bye week this late in
1: the season. I was to say, it's too late now. Nah, oh, they play, play the after Falcons that after
0: that. Time. So in that third week, they play the Falcons. So they play the Browns, the Steelers, and the Falcons over these next three weeks.
1: And they could, honestly, they could very well lose two out of three of those games. They, that's um, what I'm saying. Like I said, if you lose yeah. two
0: games, you could potentially be out of the playoffs, especially with no Lamar and with Huntley not looking that great.
1: They have a chance against the Steelers just because of still the lack of experience that Pickett has. But mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin is finding a way. As always, he's finding a way to get this team to a winning record towards the end of the season, and or at least breaking even. Shit. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't break even because it's it's a uh, seventeen eight, games yeah. now. But mm-hmm. but yeah, y'all y'all get what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. um, that Atlanta game that's the only dub I see out of all three of them games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. saying. I don't see them beating the Browns. Deshaun Watson. I feel like by the time he played the Ravens. We gonna see the real because he was I'll rusty
0: watch. this past week. I, I yeah. wouldn't say that he didn't look that great, yeah. but they relied on that and, running and game the win. He ain't played he in year and a, half. Over a
1: year and a half, yeah. so it's mm-hmm. like grant. Granted, it was the Texans, and we I did expect some type of big game, but mm-hmm. it, like Shannon Sharp said, it don't matter who you play, bro. When exactly. You, when you come back, whether it's from injury or just not playing, it takes time, bro. You can't get back in your first NFL game and go crazy. If you do. You're really in the 1% of people who can do that. Like, that's (laughs) not normal to go crazy Mm. in your first NFL game back.
0: Yeah. So, I just want to go through the AFC rankings one time. The Bills are nine and three. The Chiefs are nine and three. The Ravens are eight and four. The Titans are at fourth at seven and five. For the wild card, it's the Bengals at eight and four, the Dolphins at eight and four, and the Jets at seven and five. So, like I said, if the Ravens lose two games, they're out of it. Or if the Jets, I guess if the Jets lose some games along the road, I guess they could still potentially be
1: in it. Yeah, because now you got to count slope. on other people to lose.
0: Exactly. Now you're on oh, a slippery yeah. slope. When you were controlling your own destiny, now with the Lamar going out, it's kind of like, ah, I don't know. You don't really control it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of tough for the Ravens. But moving forward to the NFL Week 14 preview, let's move forward to some games of the week for this week.
1: Uh, who we got? Uh, Raiders and Rams that might be a decent game not in not necessarily of it'll be a good game to watch but this game hold a lot of weight for the raiders bro cuz the raiders they damn near can make a push right now of pushing into that seventh spot with that wild card.
0: Well, oh, now bro. you on the bandwagon now? Huh? I
1: ain't no bandwagon. I'm just saying, <laughs> this shit might happen now. It might. I happen.
0: was on the bandwagon, bro. I said that shit early in the season. I don't believe in them no more though. I, I gave up on the Raiders. Bro. Oh yeah, I, I, I know. Believe. I was just saying. Yeah, we can't, I gave up we can't
1: on just it. throw out the possibility now because of the fact of the last. But two this games was this- play.
0: This was the stretch of games where I thought they were going to get back in it. This is why I said earlier in the season why I still believed, even though they got off. To like a 1 and 5 or 2 yep. and 5 start. I still believe that they could win because it was a stretch of games where it's like they're winning this game. They're winning this game. They're beating the Rams. Mm-hmm. So I I still think that they have a chance. I just don't believe personally that they will make the playoffs because I think the back end of their schedule is pretty tough. I think they got to play the Chiefs again. I think they got to play the Chargers. They got some tough matchups toward the back end of their schedule where I those games will uh, end up kicking them out. Uh we got the Giants and the Eagles. That's we got the Jets. We got the Jets and the Bills.
1: Good game. Uh,
0: what else we got?
1: Jazz. and, and ers the, the Titans and Jazz game. If the Titans want to keep trying to fight for a playoff spot, they gotta win. That boy that.
0: Trev ain't gonna play though. Oh, Trev hurt.
1: Yeah. Never mind. Titans got it then.
0: That boy Trev hurt. Oh, you got the Dolphins and the Chargers Sunday night football.
1: Oh yeah. The Cardinals, we've just completely turned off all viewership of the I'm Cardinals. Going trash, this <laughs> man. Going to we have not talked about the Cardinals for like at least seven to eight weeks, bro. It ain't nothing, oh to about, bro. ain't <laughs> nothing to talk about, <laughs> bro. Ain't nothing
0: to talk about. All right, man. And let's move forward to the picks of the week. So, Thursday night football is the Raiders versus Rams. And the Raiders are a six point favorite on Bovada.
1: Yeah, I got the Raiders. I got the Raiders on the road. Um, I'm I'm gonna buy into the little bit of heat that they picking up right now. I don't see much happening with it, but I, I can't turn a blind eye to what they've done the past two weeks. So I got the Raiders on the road.
0: Yeah, I got the Raiders. Uh Browns versus Bengals.
1: Uh I got the Browns. I'm a buy into Deshaun Watson this week, bro. It ain't happened this past week because it was his first game back. But I think a big a big game like this, I feel like Deshaun gonna let people know, hey, I'm back. He's gonna do it with this one.
0: Uh, I got the Bengals. I got the. Bengals. I think he's still going to be rusty, trying to get back in the form. Eagles versus Giants.
1: Uh. Hmm. I don't think nobody even really hurt on the Giants. I don't think they got no injury issues.
0: I mean, at wide receiver, they got some missing pieces, but the main thing is still the main thing with Saquon them. Ah. Uh. The Eagles are a seven-point favorite on Bovada as well.
1: Mm. This might be an upset. Got, I'm gonna go with the Eagles, but this I'm might saying, be an upset game. Yeah. I got the
0: Eagles. Jags versus Titans.
1: Uh, Titans.
0: Yeah, I got the Titans.
1: Jets versus Bills. Uh, I got Jets. The Jets on yeah. the road. Yeah.
0: Hey, and that boy Mike White looked good once again. I, I'm telling y'all, man, that man is good, bro. I think. Hey, he's... Josh
1: Allen, if you listening, you better not let the Jets beat you, bro. You better not. If the, the Jets English win beat this a second game,
0: did they beat the They did beat them already. Yeah.
1: If the Jets win this game, I love Josh Allen, and I I really like the Bills. I don't want to hear shit about the Bills the rest of the season. If the Jets win, I'm picking <laughs> the Jets. But yeah. if uh, unless Josh Allen prove me wrong, get beat their ass this week, I don't want to hear shit about the Bills the rest of the season. Yeah,
0: I got the Jets, bro. They Bills been looking shaky the past five weeks, man. I, I I'm not convinced. Ravens versus Steelers.
1: Uh, mm. I'm going to go with the Steelers at home.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the Steelers. Uh, Texas versus Cowboys.
1: Uh, Cowboys.
0: The Cowboys are a 17-point favorite on Bavada. <laughs> I think it would be closer than that, but I got the Cowboys. Uh, Texas versus, or Vikings versus Lions.
1: Uh, who the Lions beat last week? They beat the the
0: Jags, Lions man. beat the Jags. Yep. They blew them out, too.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and they're the favorite, too. They're the two-point favorite on Babata.
1: Yeah. Um, shit. I need the Vikings to get their swag back. I got the Vikings on the road.
0: Give me the Lions, bro. Give me the Lions. I'll take the Lions. Chiefs versus
1: Broncos. Uh Chiefs. Chiefs
0: for sure. Hey man, we gotta talk about Russ, bro. Cause what are they going to do in Denver, bro? Because you you signed up to a five-year two hundred and forty-five dollar contract. So you're stuck with him at this point. You see how he's looking this year. What changes from this year to next year that we will see a vast improvement from this team? Like, what has to happen with this team?
1: I I don't know any free agent that I could see going there. I don't know what trade they could pull off because of everything they had to do to get Russ. They just got to hope and pray that this offseason is very fucking productive. Like, Is, like, is, is, a, is a coaching, coaching change,
0: change going to be enough to turn oh, yeah, yeah,
1: around? Uh, a coaching change will happen. I don't know if it'll be enough to turn them around to where we're looking at the Broncos as this clear playoff favorite next year. But I mm-hmm. think an offseason where this team really has to get into finding who they are and what their identity is. Cause we don't know what the Broncos really are. Like, we don't know if they're a scoring team, if they're a team that's just going to beat you with I think defense.
0: defense. The defense has been playing well this year. It's just the offense can't, can't score points. What the
1: fuck? So I don't know. I feel like they got to really hone in on who they are. Uh You can't get free agents right now because the market for that is terrible. Nobody wants to go there. I don't think, and you ain't going mm-hmm. to dra- I don't, I don't think you really got success coming with the draft because your, you traded. gone.
0: Yeah, you so, traded them.
1: So the offseason, bro, that's it. A real a real um traditional offseason grind mode. That's the only thing I can see the Broncos doing.
0: That's crazy, bro. Uh Yeah, I got to cheese. Bro, uh, Bucks versus 49ers. God damn. I got the Niners, bro. One win isn't going to is it going to shake me off this shit. <laughs> Nah, the Bucks are still Man. Bucks.
1: I'm gonna make the logical choice, and I'm gonna pick the 49ers. But I'll be so happy if we pull off that upset. <laughs> That'll be upset of the week. Actually, no, because that boy Brock at quarterback. Never mind. Ooh, do I want to say? Nah, no nah,
0: that defense crazy. Now nah, don't forget that defense. That defense crazy. Yeah, that defense is crazy for the uh, the Niners.
1: I'ma go with the Bucks. Oh, ah, I'ma go with the Bucs. I'ma go with the Bucks I All think right. Brock. That boy Brock gonna get shook because people gonna expect him to beat the GOAT. That boy, yeah, bro. I think we're gonna get on Brock head. i like our defense to be the reason we win this game. I'm gonna go with the Bucks on the road. Game of the week.
0: I got the Niners. Panthers versus Seahawks.
1: Uh Seahawks, not even close.
0: Yeah, Seahawks for sure. Dolphins versus Chargers. Dolphins are a three-and-a-half-point favorite on Bavada.
1: Uh, Give me the Chargers, my boy Herbert.
0: Give me – I'll take the Dolphins. I think this is a big bounce back for them to prove that like they are the team that we once thought they were. And, uh, Patriots versus Cardinals, Monday night football.
1: Ugly-ass game, but I'm going to go with the Patriots.
0: Yeah, I'll take the Patriots. Ugh. Close game, one-and-a-half-point spread on Bavada, but – I'm rolling out with uh with Bill. It's funny because when we talk about the Patriots, we don't never mention that nigga Mac Jones anymore. No we don't say don't, they're winning with we, we don't say they're winning because of that nigga. It's, they're winning because of Bill. <laughs> like, like it has nothing to do with who's playing the quarterback. We don't mention
1: any other player on the <laughs> team. I trust Bill. <laughs> winning
0: because of Bill. Yeah, they're winning because of <laughs> Bill. So that's that's who I'm going to rock with. All right. Moving on to college football week 14 recap. This was the championship weekend, conference championship. Weekend and boy, did we have some upsets. Utah upset USC in the Pac-12 championship game, and Kansas State took down TCU. And Eggert, did I not call this shit to happen? I predicted yeah, called I called, called both and I predicted what was going to end up being end up being the college football playoff. It was just in a different order, though. And that's yep. what kind of fucked me up because I predicted it to be Georgia, uh, Georgia, Michigan. I thought Ohio State was going to move up to three and TCU was going to move back after the loss, but they kept TCU at three and just put Ohio State at four. So that was kind of weird for me. But how did you feel about the last rankings? Do you feel like they were correct? Do you think that Alabama should have got in over TCU?
1: Hell no. Um, Okay. (laughs) You can't can't have two losses if, if you're Alabama. You can't have two losses, like four to five close games this season. And you didn't play in your championship game. That exactly, would have been wild bro. as hell. That yeah. have been wild as hell if they would have made the playoffs with two L's and no champions. You didn't even appear in the championship game. That would have been some Alabama shit if they would have threw the boys <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, that. But shit uh, I ain't mad at Georgia number one. I like. I love Michigan at number two. Uh, I like the fact that they kept TCU in there. I thought I knew for a fact they was going to put Ohio State in. Once TCU, loved, I was going to be like, damn. They, they, everybody finna fall off the TCU train and they finna just um, shove Ohio State at number three. Um, so we can see Michigan and Ohio State again this soon. That's what I wanted. Yeah. But I think, I think Michigan gonna go all the way. Let me just say that now. Since we got our last final four, I got Michigan winning the whole thing, bro.
0: Ooh. That's a lot of people's take, and I'm not mad at it at all because they've been your, your looking your boy at out for the Michigan. rest
1: of the season, though. Your boy out for the rest of the season. Um,
0: Quorum, the, the running back, the running back.
1: Yes, he yeah, out for the rest of the season. So that's mm-hmm. that's something big that's gonna hurt. Yeah, them. for sure.
0: Not for sure.
1: I, I still got Michigan, though. I got Michigan. It's clear because well.
0: this is the thing about Georgia and Ohio State being in the the first the first matchup for Georgia. I think that's crazy. I think it would have been better for Georgia if TCU would have slid back to four and Ohio State would have moved up to three because this is the worst matchup for Georgia, I think. Out of all of these three teams in the other teams in the college football playoff, I think Ohio State was the team that they did not want to see. I really think that the the the, the ability that CJ Stroud has to throw the ball all around the field, the, the running game that has been working this year, I think that can really go against Georgia and how they like to play defense this year. Last year they had an all-time defense. This year with their defense, I think they're they are capable of giving up the big play. And I think especially with Marvin Harrison Jr. with eggbunu now. I think their Ohio State is capable of getting some big plays on Georgia. And that will be the closest game of any of these games in the college football playoff dog. That shit will be well, neck he, and neck.
1: He said he's not um playing. He he opted out. Oh, you're talking about the tight end, right? For Ohio State?
0: Nah, the dude who uh, opted out was Njigba, who was missing the whole year yeah, anyway. Jigba. But that, it was it was movie. another, it's another dude, number two. His name is Egbuku, or Ekbuka. Oh, He's yeah, playing. Yeah,
1: you're right. And you're then right. he
0: got number I'm 18, at. you got Marvin St. Harrison Jr. So they still got their top wide receivers who have played the whole year. Njigba right. hasn't played the whole year. So I don't think that would make that big of a difference. But yeah, Ohio State was the matchup that Georgia did not want to see, bro. That's the worst matchup for them. I think Michigan is gonna run through TCU. I think I think that game is gonna be a blowout. But yeah, that other game is going to be a close one, bro. But I would I would still have Georgia and um Georgia and Michigan as my championship. I don't know if I would pick Michigan, though. That's the tough
1: thing. I don't know if I would uh, pick I'm Michigan. picking Michigan, bro. I don't know um, if I would pick Michigan. Big blue. Blue. It's big That's blue tough. For the year.
0: That's it's big tough. Blue, Damn, losing a running back, I think would be a big deal too, though, bro. Because we know for sure what Michigan has is the running game. We got a big answer, we got a big question answered in the the USC, not USC, but the uh, Michigan and uh Michigan Ohio and Ohio State, State, game. State game is that McCarthy can throw the ball downfield. So that is one thing that we really didn't know the whole year that was answered in that game. But against a, a defense like Georgia who was way more disciplined than Ohio State's defense, that's why I question if you are going to get those big plays off and I think you will need them to win a game against Georgia. Running the ball the whole game ain't going to get you a win against Georgia, bro. I promise you it's not. Even with Georgia's defense not being all time, it's still good enough to hold the running game down and really shut that shit down if you're not going to go over the top. And I don't think Kirby Smart is going to allow that to happen like we've seen in that Ohio State and Michigan game. That's why I will go with uh, Georgia winning it all again, but I do have Michigan getting to the championship game. And also, I want to give a big shout out to Max Duggan. Because he put on a hell of a oh, performance
1: yeah. in, this,
0: in this Big 12 championship game. I don't want his performance or TCU to go unnoticed because they are the, the underdog in this college football playoff. They they deserve to be here over Alabama. They deserve to be in this spot. And the, the performance that he put up against Kansas State was one of the best I've seen in a long time. That fourth quarter was crazy. I mean, he was gassed. I don't know if you've seen that last possession in the fourth quarter when he was just running all over the place. I mean, you he was—he was—he was going to the ground every time he threw the ball. He was laying down in the end zone. I mean, he was gassed, But that was one of the the hardest efforts I've ever seen. That showed how much heart he has and how big of a a, a win Not, they lost the game. But how big of a player he is, how big time of a player he is. So still, shout out to Max Duggan for getting his team this far when nobody had TCU in the college football playoff coming into this year. They didn't even think they will make a a, um, a new year six bowl, let alone the college football playoff. So. <laughs> shit definitely shout out to TCU for getting here and speaking of Max Duggan I want to talk about can the real Heisman please stand up dog because after USC loses to Utah it's like everybody starts to back up from Caleb Williams I mean CJ Stroud is still there but I've said it on numerous occasions I don't think he's the Heisman then Max Duggan he jumped into the conversation real late now he's a finalist for the Heisman we've seen the performance that he Up against Kansas State, but it was in a loss, and then you also have Stetson Bennett, he's the fourth finalist. So, with all of these candidates not really putting a stamp on their case, who wins the Heisman?
1: I think it's still Caleb Williams. I'm really impressed with what I've seen with him this entire season. I think talent wise, he's just the choice, bro. I and I know a lot of times when it comes to the Heisman debate. We look for that clear moment where you just jump way ahead of everybody else. But Mm -hmm. clearly that's not the case this season. This season, it really is like a neck and neck kind of thing of where Mm -hmm. we could poke holes in this person, this person, this person. There's not a clear winner this year. And I I like the fact that it's not that because Mm -hmm. now, like, we really got to sit here and think like it's not just a win-loss thing anymore. It's like, no, a lot of these all of these players outside of Georgia have L's. Like, all of these players, like, they've had ups and downs this entire season, and they all got holes we could poke. But who has the least amount of holes as an individual quarterback? I would say Caleb Williams. The talent, the arm strength, the IQ, the way he just commands his offense, I I think Caleb Williams is the favorite still.
0: That was such a big loss against damn Utah, though, especially when losing to them twice, you didn't play well. That was tough. It, It looked like he had his Heisman moment. The week before when they played against, uh, who did they play the week before? UCLA. They played UCLA. He looked like he had his Heisman moment, but seeing that game and him not putting the team on his back hurt. I truly believed if TCU would have won that game, Max Duggan would be the Heisman. I truly believe he would have jumped to the front of the line because it was so neck and neck and nobody was really sticking out. If he would have led TCU to an undefeated season, he would have won the Heisman. But since he lost now, we're in the conversation of who can it be? And I think since Ohio State didn't win the Big Ten championship, I think I think that kind of put Stroud to the side as well. Yes, Stetson Bennett, because Georgia is the best team, but he hasn't been as impressive as these other three players in the, by yeah. any means. So it feels like Kayla Williams, by default, really, I feel like, duggan had the That's what opportunity I said, it's about win. who
1: has the least holes who has the least amount yeah. of holes bro
0: and i think this whole season how impressive he looked Caleb williams would be it but it's still like damn bro you know what i'm saying it's mm. like i said by default he would have to win it but i think duggan could have he had the opportunity to win it on saturday but losing that game mm-hmm. was a, a big blow to his to his case for sure so I, yeah i would still give it to Caleb williams and uh some more big news in college football was Deion Sanders going to Colorado. And man, way we hear we heard it a huge uproar, especially in the black community, about Deion Sanders and him leaving Jackson State at HBCU to go to Colorado. We had this conversation a few weeks ago because we heard the rumblings about what was going to happen. And me and Edgar disagreed on how he was leaving. But Edgar, at this point with it being finalized, how do you feel? with him going to Colorado, how do you think he would change that program? And how do you feel like he left Jackson state? Do you feel like he left the impact there?
1: I do want to say, let me get my criticism first. And then I'll just, could I have, I have few criticisms, but I have a lot of love that I want to share for what he's done. I don't like the fact he's leaving so soon. I know a lot of people are going to say he, he reached the pinnacle. Like he, he did what he needed to do with Jackson state, but I think, to leave a true foundation at that school, you should have done a good four to five years. That way, the original players that you got to come, you make sure you see at least all of them transition, whether that's going to the league or graduating or whatever. I think the original class of students that you had transfer or change their entire college decision, I feel like two years was too soon to just to just leave. So mm. I ain't I ain't mad that he went to Power 5. We knew Dion ultimately would get to Power 5. But I just think him leaving that soon, that's where my issue is. And it may not have been the biggest impact that I wanted him to leave, but he did leave something. Deion Sanders is the reason why we just recently had earlier this year a HBCU pro day, something we've never seen before. Like, and I'm not talking about a pro day where you know you got white schools and black schools. Like, no, this was three to four of the HBCUs in Mississippi all at one location. And there were 22 out of the 32 NFL teams that showed up to watch these schools, including Alcorn state, Mississippi Valley state, Jackson state. And I think it's one other HBCU that I'm missing out on right now. So for anyone saying he just didn't help any other HBCUs, no, we can't say that. That's something that has never been done before, and that's a huge-ass platform.
0: And a that's TV contract as well.
1: And a TV contract with ESPN mm-hmm. for 10-plus years. HB, mm-hmm. This ain't the first time HBCUs have been on TV, but this is the most they've ever been on TV, and this will be the most they will ever be on TV, at least for right now, with this contract that he was a huge part in getting. So- and the new facilities with the locker room and the new football field and paying for the the living situation for the students with the water situation in Mississippi. Deion Sanders did leave a big imprint on HBCU's and Jackson State as a as a whole, I think. Was it as big of a, of an impact as we may have wanted? No. But he did something. And he mm-hmm. did leave some type of blueprint. But did I want your, him to stay but- longer? Yes. But no. He he didn't. I don't think he just sold us out no but what
0: is your reaction to the criticism of when he came in he said he was going to change the culture of HBCUs and it doesn't look like he will change the culture of HBCUs or to the fact of he didn't change the culture of all of these other teams when he got the job it was it was sounding like it was going to be the best time at HBCU football because all of the talent was going to be spread around all of these HBCU schools it wasn't just going to be at Jackson State it Felt like it was going to be the best time of HBCU football when really it was Jackson State was dominant and all of these other schools changed stayed the same. So, what did he change from that point of changing the culture of it? Yeah, he added some stuff to it with the TV contract and with the uh with the pro day, but on that aspect of evening the playing field between power five and hbcu, a lot of people say that's the biggest thing that they're mad at him about. You didn't change the culture on at that front.
1: I would ask, I would answer that question with a question of how can we expect one person at one school to change how people go choose to go to other schools because whether he stayed five years 10 years 15 years if dudes just still want to go to jackson state they're just only going to go to jackson state like Mm. at that point we have to look at other prominent male former nfl players or former coaches college nfl or whatever black preferably we have to start looking at them now Because we see, okay, Dion making it work at Jackson State. Hmm, me, if I'm Shannon Sharp, or if I'm Jerry Rice, or even if I ain't go to HBCU, if I'm Brandon Marshall, or if I'm somebody, if I'm somebody, Ocho Single, if I'm somebody of that caliber, I'm like, damn. Okay, he making it work here. Let me go to this school. Let me go to Mm -hmm. Tuskegee. Let me go to Tennessee State, blah, blah, blah. But if we're not going to, if we're just going to, criticize Dion because students aren't choosing to go to these other hbcus he's not at these other hbcus like the the coaching staff that he brought into jackson state isn't at these other hbcus y'all y'all as the students and y'all as the recruits and players y'all gotta make that choice to take that risk to go the same way he took the risk of going to jackson state like and it wasn't no guarantee he was going to be a great coach because what if Dion got a bunch of great players, but we found out, damn, Deion can't really coach like that. He still had to coach. They still had to win games. You know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people will say it's just his name, but his name is also backed up by what the hell he's doing. So mm-hmm. that, that would be my question to counter that question of how was he supposed to help other teams get recruits when he's already doing – the biggest thing possible by giving them their own damn pro day. Like mm-hmm. if you see Alcorn state at a HBCU NFL pro day with 22 NFL teams, how would that not motivate you to go to Alcorn state now? How would that not motivate you to go to Mississippi Valley state? It's like, mm-hmm. damn. Okay. Even if Tennessee state over here, or even if Howard ain't getting looked at, I know these three to four schools in the South are getting looked at. So let me go to one of these other schools. Cause mm-hmm. Dion is just like every other college coach. There is no college coach that will push players away and say, no, y'all should go to these other schools. We already got enough players. Ain't no college coach finna do that. I don't care Mm -hmm. if you got a big name or not. Eddie Mm -hmm. Robinson, the head coach at Alabama State University, his father, the, the award for coach of the year is named after his father. He was a former NFL. Both of them were former NFL players. Eddie Robinson is one of the most prominent HBCU coaches. How come, you know what I'm saying? How come we're not looking at him to make some type of change by now? And he's been doing it for years. So mm-hmm. and he was the main one saying Dion ain't swag. Listen, down to third, blah blah blah. Okay, you can say he ain't swag, but he done brought shit into. But know, he built something. brought in.
0: But he built something that wasn't sustainable and it didn't last. And that's why that I agree with that point because everybody, especially after him leaving, is going to leave Jackson State now. So even Jackson State will go back to being a bottom team in the HBCU because everybody came to Jackson State because of Dion. They didn't come because of of the HBCU. So that's the, the fact, I think him saying that he was going to change the HBCU culture was a little misleading because it made everybody get in the mindset of all of these other HBCUs are going to be good and going to be sustainably good for a long period of time. When really, it was, all of this attention really just came because of DM. And once he leaves, the attention is going to leave. Yeah, you left something like the, the TV contract and you left the, the pro day. But all of the attention that was once on us when you were here is now gone. But I agree with the point of, I think there was nothing else for Dion to do at Jackson State. I think he plateaued. This is what I was telling Edgar before, how it was a ceiling to what Dion could do at Jackson State, which I wanted to stay at five, five years at Jackson State for. It wouldn't have made any sense because he would have continued to win these SWAC championships, but nothing would have changed in terms of players coming to HBCUs. They would have continued to go to Jackson State they wouldn't have spread out to go to these other HBCUs even if he stayed for five years. So it's like it was it was a ceiling for Dion. He won two SWAC championships. He had an undefeated season. There was nothing else for him to do at Jackson State. He he laid down the pro day. He laid down the contract. Y'all got more visibility now. And honestly, a lot of people saying he leaving because of the money. When that doesn't make sense because Dion has money, he gave up half of his salary when he was at Jackson State to build all of these facilities. He gave them a new football field, he made a new training facility at Jackson State. So he doesn't he doesn't care about the money. He didn't leave Jackson State because he's making more money now. It's because of the opportunity that was available to him. He did all he could do at Jackson State. Nothing was going to change from this year to 2020 20, uh, 20, even if he stayed, nothing would have changed. It would have stayed the same. So that's why I don't and, understand on that
1: point. And I don't, I don't like how certain people, especially men, it's a lot of men coming up saying like, you know, like people, people are just acting like, especially people who used to play football or whatever, we're acting like we n- always have had HBCUs as our number one option when that's not true. I can, I know plenty of people. When it was football time or basketball time, niggas was not checking for HBCU offers, bro. Like, mm-hmm. so for everybody to sit here and be so outraged by this, how many of y'all really wanted to go to an HBCU deep down in your heart? Like, when it really came to talking about what colleges you wanted to go to? It's a few mm-hmm. of y'all, so I ain't finna say all of y'all um didn't think this way. But majority of y'all, y'all wanted to go to Ohio State. Y'all wanted to go to Clemson. Y'all wanted to go to Alabama, this, that, and the third. And then when you couldn't get in there or you wouldn't get accepted or get the full ride there, you started even thinking of Juco white schools to go to. And Mm -hmm. then if that didn't work, then you were like, damn, I might go to FAM or I might go here or I might go here. It ain't too many niggas out here, bro, that just diehard just wanted to go to HBCU first. Mm -hmm. Shannon Sharp admitted it himself. I never originally wanted to go to Savannah State. My brother had me go there. You know, and he even influenced me to stay there while I was there. But overall, Mm -hmm. I don't regret my experience. I love everything that I did at Savannah State, but I will be honest. It was not my first choice. I wanted to go to a power five school, but I ended up seeing how beautiful it was going to Savannah State. So not Mm -hmm. saying that HBCUs are a downgrade. I'm not saying that any bit of my argument. HBCUs are profound schools and they deserve just as much respect. But we got to stop acting like everybody just always wants to go to HBCU or Mm -hmm. niggas just have always had HBCUs as their first option when they don't even be all fifth or sixth option. I need Mm -hmm. niggas to stop capping like that on the Internet because that shit is not true.
0: And I think, yeah, I agree with your point you made before. More people would have had to come to HBCUs to really change the culture of HBCUs. One man can't change the culture of HBCUs. Somebody, even though the prime time is as prominent, he's the GOAT at this sport at uh, in the NFL, He one man can't change the whole goddamn HBCU culture, bro. Like multiple people would have had to come along for it to change, for more people to come to these HBCUs. Because we're seeing that people are willing, five stars are willing to go to HBCUs if they got the coach. But this is the thing that when I go back to the point of culture, he didn't change the culture of the HBCUs because people still look at it as a downgrade though, but people only went to play for you because you are Deion Sanders. So nothing really changed in terms of the mindset of where HBCUs are. They were only playing for Deion because he's Deion. They weren't playing. Uh, they weren't going to Jackson State to play for Jackson State and play for the foundation or the history of Jackson State and the history of HBCUs. They, that's not where they were going there. They were going to play for Dion, And I think that's why the, the mindset and the culture of HBCU still has not changed because they are still being viewed the same way as Dion came in. They're still being viewed the same way now. So the culture and the mindset going into HBCUs is still the same. And let's move forward to like Dion actually going to Colorado now. Uh, how, how much of a change do you think that program will see with him going there? Because we've seen the impact that he can have when it comes to recruiting players will come to colorado because dion is there and he's going to bring people from jackson state to colorado in his first meeting with colorado he told them boys straight off the bat y'all might as well <laughs> hop in that transfer portal because i already got my luggage coming nigga in this loo. so he already got travis hunter coming his son most likely is coming i don't think shiloh his other son is coming i think he's staying at jackson state but his the quarterback son he's coming He's gonna bring some more five stars that he had at Jackson State to Colorado. And he's gonna bring even more people when you talk about the transfer portal. More people are going to come to Colorado than we've ever seen before. So, how quickly can he turn around Colorado?
1: Uh I say I give it at least a season. Like mm-hmm. by his second season, I think we'll really see the jump. You'll see a few big names. And, this, bro, this is what's going to happen. I already know what's going to happen. He's not going to win his conference his first year, and niggas are going to slander him. Niggas are going to run Dion name through the mud because he's not going to win at Colorado in his first year in a Power 5 conference. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect him to. Now, the second year? I want to see, I really want to see if your will um, if, if you're recruiting tactics are going to work in the Power 5 for real. I think they will, but I still got to see it before I can just sit here and say it's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. first year, he'll get a few big names, they'll win some good games, and they'll probably win handedly in some of these games, but the second year is where I'm really going to be like, okay, what you going to do now?
0: Mm-hmm. I think Dion will turn this shit around quick as hell, bro. With the players he's going to have, with the I would like to see how his coaches adjust. I think I have a more of a question about the coaching of Dion more so than I have about him bringing in the talent. I think he will have the talent. I think it comes down to, can you adjust from playing against teams like the FAMUs to playing teams like USC who are at the top of the totem pole when you talk about talent and best teams in college football? You went from playing fam to USC's, and you got to play against high level coaches like Lincoln Riley. You got to have battles with coaches like that now. Like, can you compete with those level of coaches now? That's the question I have. I think he will have the talent, but mentally, are you ready to step up to this playing field of playing against the top in the Pac 12? You got to play against Chip Kelly, who's one of the Oregon. greatest minds. Yeah, Oregon. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to play against, eight. like, these are some <laughs> solid, these are some good, to great teams in these conferences. So it's not like you playing, fam. Even though we saying that it's not a big difference, it's a difference between playing HBCUs and then playing USC football. It is. We can say it ain't, but it is, bro. It's a talent gap between all of these schools, bro. So that's the more so what I want to see on the coaching standpoint. Are you ready to step up to that plate, Dion? And I think that's what is the bigger challenge and the biggest question going into his tenure. And the funniest thing about this whole Colorado situation is that they don't have the money for Dion to come there. The, 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 the oh, they, AD ended up they saying that money. shit anyway. And the thing about that, with Dion, I think they obviously have the money for Dion. But I think with Colorado not having any name in any sport over the past 30 years, they haven't been good in the last 30 years. I think that's a huge reason Why they do not have the money to pay somebody like a Dion because they don't get any booster donations for any sports because they're not really doing anything basketball they make the tournament here and there, but in all of their other sports they're just like the middle of the pack team or they're at the bottom of the conference with Dion coming they're going to creep up that list to be a a good team and boosters are going to start donating to this program. So that means more NIL money. That means better players are coming there. That means obviously Dion's going to get his money. And I think overall, we'll just see an influx for Colorado that we haven't seen, you know what I'm saying, in the past 30 years for that team. So I think a lot will change with the presence of Dion, bro, when it comes to money and when it comes to just the team overall. So yeah, I think this would be a good thing for Colorado for sure. This is a good pickup. And uh, anything else?
1: Uh no, nah, that's it. I just I just want to let it be known I don't fully agree with him leaving as soon as he left. But I ain't finna act like the man that's just done nothing at all for HBCU culture. I ain't finna say he's done nothing. But has he laid the that grand impact that we all thought? No, I will admit, no. But he's done something, he's done a lot more than any other person has done who's already been in the position. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't want to slight him and say he ain't did shit. I ain't gonna say that.
0: All right, and moving on to the NBA topics, we have Anthony Davis is dominating for the Lakers, bro. And it was funny because so many people over these last couple of years wanted to see this type of jump from AD. They've been saying that he has to take the reins from Bron. He has to be the best player on the Lakers. And he's showing that he's capable of that. There were questions that if he was capable, but over the last 10 games, AD has put up 37 and 18, 38 and 16, 30 and 18, 37 and 21, 25 and 15, 25 and 13, 27 and 12. And then over his last two games, he's put up 44 points and 10 rebounds against Milwaukee. And then against the Wizards, he put up 55 and 17. So we're seeing that AD is going back to his Pelicans days of, okay, I'm the best, I'm better the best players in the league. Even though I had LeBron on my team, I still have to assert myself on this team. And we're seeing an AD like we haven't seen before, bro. So can he lead the Lakers to the promised land? Even though they're 10 and 12 at this moment, we didn't see this AD before. So this is a different team, honestly, as constructed. So how far can he really lead this team?
1: Uh, He could lead them to the playoffs. I, I don't know how much further than that. I'll just say the playoffs right now. And even when I say the playoffs... I don't even know how high of a seed they can really be. But I had said, like, before the season started, you know, if, if AD stays healthy and just plays how he needs to play, he can be the leader of this team. Like, And I probably made a wild prediction saying that he'll play, you know, majority of the season because there's still a chance he could still be AD and get hurt, knock on wood. But I think as long as he stays healthy, bro, he can play like this damn near the whole season. And then – you can just need Bron to turn that gear up whenever it's necessary, not necessarily an all-time thing, though.
0: Yeah. And I think this is a huge, a huge deal for AD, especially with so many people questioning him, criticizing him, saying if he could be an MVP candidate. So we put together this stretch of games where he's been a top five player, shit, top two player in the NBA over this past 10 to 15 games. He's been dominating on that high of a level. So I'm glad that after all of the criticism about AD, about being street clothes and all this other bullshit, is that he's actually showing what his true potential can be in this league, and that he always had it at the end of the day. So I'm glad that he could do it. At this moment, the Lakers are 13th in the Western Conference, but they are 10 and 12, and they're only five games out of first place. So it's a lot of stuff that can happen. It's really jam-packed between, like, three, between three and 13. It's jam-packed. So they can easily, after a, a few game winning streak, be actually in the playoff field in the uh, the Western Conference. So I think they can easily make the playoffs. I think this team changes a lot, bro. I still think they have to make a move, though. They have to. Yeah, I don't think, sure. I, they, they still have to make a move for me to say they can make it further than the first round, whether that's trading Russ or whether that's trading somebody like uh, Patrick Beverly and somebody else for something. Like, that's the type of move that needs to be made because they still need more wing defenders. I still think that's a priority that needs to be made. I think Stroder coming back from the the first 10 games absent, that was a big deal. He's obviously the starting point guard. But I think they after Lonnie Walker, they need better wings. So that's what I'm looking for now with the Lakers. They have to make a move, whether that's trading Pat Bev or trading Russ, for me to say they'll go deeper than the first round. Because I think with AD playing like this, you can – but you need a little bit more around him and Bron to get further because you got the Pelicans. Now you got the Grizzlies. Now you got, you still going to have the Warriors at the end of the day. You got the the sun still. So you still got good competition that you got to play when you get go against these teams and you need some better role players than what they have right now. But I'm glad to see AD dominate like this for sure. And moving on, we got Kawhi MPG return for the clips. This is, the fifth game Kawhi has played the whole year and he ended up hitting a game winner yesterday, which is, which (laughs) was good to see from Kawhi seeing that he was a sort of back. He didn't play his full term of minutes. He only played 20 minutes last night, but him and PG did play in their first game of the season together. So what is the true potential of the Clippers? Are you putting all your, your, your bets in on this team saying if they're healthy, they're going to the Western conference finals. Will you say that? If, if Kawhi and PJ are healthy, they're going to the Western Conference Finals. Can you say that right now?
1: If they're healthy, yes. I'll say that. Mm. I just need I need to make sure Kawhi playing games, even if he's healthy, because you know that, mm-hmm. that boy will be looking healthy on the bench. And I'm looking like, why you ain't in the game? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> as long as the Clippers are healthy, yeah. I I'll still keep them as my pick in the um in the Western Conference Finals.
0: It's tough for me, bro. It, it's tough because I, I see these other teams around the league and I don't know what it is about the Clippers. They have the talent to easily make it to the Western Conference Finals, but they don't got that hunger, though, like these other young teams. And I think that's something that can end up biting them in the ass come playoff time, because since y'all have the talent, y'all think y'all can blow by these teams. But y'all got hungrier teams like the, the Pelicans who have the defensive stoppers to guard somebody like a Kawhi and PG, and they got some offensive firepower as well, with Brandon, Zion, and CJ McCullum as well. So it's so many hungrier teams than what I'm seeing from the Clippers. I think they're coached well. I think these players are still top 15 players in the game when healthy, but I think they're easily, and I think we've seen it in the bubble too. They're, they're, they can get complacent at times, even in a playoff mm-hmm. stretch. And I think hungrier teams can take advantage. So I would not say they'll make the Western Conference Finals. Even if Kawhi and PG are healthy, I'm still not that confident in this team with the other talent I'm seeing in the Western Conference. I mean, you got Jamal Murray is back for the Nuggets now. So you still got some other teams I think are hungrier, bro. And speaking of these other teams, the Pelicans are serious, bro. I told y'all yep. before this I told y'all before the season, Zion, CJ, Brandon Ingram. That conversation that combination was gonna be lethal. And currently they are second in the Western Conference, and they're only a half game out of first. So they're yep. right there. Willie Green has been putting on a hell of a performance, having a coach of the year case. But Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCullum, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado had a huge game. Trey Murphy, this team currently constructed, can make a deep run in the playoffs, man. I don't think this is a fluke. I didn't think last year was a fluke. I'm still very confident in this team, and I like them even better come playoff time, bro. So how do you feel about the Pelicans?
1: As long as they stay healthy and the way Zion is playing, bro, they they can prove you right with everything you're saying. They can make that push to be a huge second-round playoff threat to where they could threaten whoever, whoever, uh, whoever other team's destiny is of making the Western Conference Finals. They can make that push it's mm-hmm. not a stretch to say that as long as Zion stays healthy I think this team definitely has a chance to your point
0: yeah especially over the last few games I honestly been going pretty crazy I know he put up a a 30 and 15 game recently mm-hmm. Zion Williamson stats let me look him up real quick Zion Williamson stats so yeah he had a third yeah 30 and 15 game he had 25 and six he had 33 and 10. I mean, and you still got Brandon Ingram, who's an all-star. You still got C.J. McCullough, And what I love about them the most is is it not? It really isn't the firepower that they have on offense. It's the young bulls that they got on defense that makes me even more excited. When you talk about Herb Jones, who's a defensive player of the year candidate. When you got somebody like uh, Jose Alvarado off, off the bench. Well, not only is he showing improvement on the defensive side of the ball, he's showing that he can hoop and, and score offensively. He just had 38. Uh, a couple of days ago, so he's showing that he can still put up points on that side of the ball. Trey Murphy is a good wing defender, six eight long. That's what makes me more excited. It's not just the offense; it's the defensive pieces that they have that can really have them in the Western Conference Finals, going against somebody like the Suns or going against somebody like the Warriors. This team can compete with anybody in the NBA. I truly believe that they can compete with anybody, bro.
1: They I truly don't can. Agree. I, I fully agree with you.
0: All right. And moving on to my last topic for NBA, I have where do the Bulls go from here? So currently the Bulls are 12th in the Eastern Conference, but it's not like the Western Conference is. It's not really jam-packed. It's really spread yeah. out. There are 10 games out of the first place. They have lost their last three games. Levine hasn't looked that great this year. DeRozan is really just going with the flow. This team isn't screaming a uh, contender by any means? It's not even screaming playoff contender. Lonzo Ball is hurt. He's not. It's no. It's no timetable on when he will return. Where do the Bulls go from here? Do they do they tank? Do they rebuild? Like where where do they go from here?
1: Uh, I don't even know if they have an argument to you know fight for a free agent piece. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't know, bro. I, I definitely wouldn't rebuild. I don't see rebuild as the Bulls issue. I think it's just a the fact. They're just not winning games, bro. I, I don't understand it. The talent mm-hmm. is there. Outside of Lonzo Ball, healthy from, from my understanding. I, mm-hmm. We was talking about MVP um, conversations for DeMar DeRozan last year and whatnot. So whatever slump he's in, I don't but know. But everybody
0: got on. better in the Eastern Conference while they That's stood true. still and went backwards.
1: That's true, but shit, I'm I'm expecting that caliber of play from DeRozan, and with Levine, I I don't get the excuse with that either. Like, why is mm-hmm. he not having a a jump in his in his uh career right now for this season mm-hmm. with the Bulls? I I don't know the answer, bro. You definitely don't rebuild. I definitely don't see rebuilding being um the necessary move. Maybe they make a push for a free agent. But I, I don't know what piece they will try. Yeah, this free
0: agent class isn't that great anyway. I yeah. don't know who you're really going to be capable of getting, especially with you signing uh, Zach Levine to a long term yeah. contract. You signed him to a five year, two hundred and fifteen million dollar deal. <laughs> I mean, you're stuck with Zach Levine at this point. I mean, you can yeah. probably trade away DeRozan for the right price, but it's like you
1: <laughs> Levine you is going to be there. Like... Yeah, <laughs> who
0: are you trading? Where who are you trading him for exactly? So it's tough for the boys right now, bro. I personally, if they have their first round pick, would tank for Wimby or for Scoot or something like that. Because I see no upside in fighting for the the top spot in the the East. Because I don't think you have the team capable of getting there. I don't think you're better than the top nine teams in the Eastern. I don't think you're better than these top nine teams in the Eastern Conference. So what are you winning games for? You're winning games to have a middle of the pack pick in the uh, in the NBA draft. You have no options when it comes to free agency because your your cap your cap space is locked. So the best result is honestly tanking, bro. You know, unless something just drastically changes for this team, and I don't know what that could possibly be. Tanking is the best option, bro. Starting a rebuild, just building around Levine, trading the uh, in for some picks. That's really it for you when you talk about options, because I don't know if you are going to be better than these teams even next year when you get Lonzo Ball back. I still don't think you're going to be better than these teams. So you're kind of stuck like Chuck, you know what I'm saying? Stuck in the middle right now because there's no real option for you other than going backwards.
1: And I don't even think the Bulls bench is doing that great this year either. Like there's nobody there's nobody rising up to the occasion. So I, Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Caruso is doing Caruso shit. I mean, you got Javante Green. Vooch has been playing better this season than he did last year, but that's still not enough, especially with Levine struggling this year. He's only shooting 40% from the field. He hasn't been shooting that great. Uh, DeRozan's not having that same impact that he had last year. Like you said, he was an MVP candidate. I mean, they were first in the Eastern Conference uh, for most of the season. And now we see them at 10th with the same team, minus Lonzo Ball. I mean... With everybody going, getting better, and them going backwards, their best players not playing as well. I mean, this is what we should expect from the Bulls moving forward, bro. They got to retool it, bro. Retool it or rebuild. And moving forward to two Wild Wednesday, what you got for this week?
1: Uh, my first one is if the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl, it will be the biggest disappointment in franchise history. Too wild or not too wild?
0: Ah. <sighs> Somebody has said this the other day. Somebody has said this was the best Dallas team over the past 20, 25 years since those those Dallas teams with Troy Ankman and with Michael Irvin. And I don't disagree. So I do believe that this will be a huge disappointment if they do not get to the Super Bowl, bro. I think it will be a disappointment, especially when you're going to add somebody like OBJ. Like I said, I still question his impact with the team. But you have so much talent offensively and defensively. What Micah Parsons, you got Digs. you got so much talent on that defensive side of the ball too, where it's like, yo, y'all have, you, you always said they have no excuses. You have everything. You have everything you need to win a championship. We can say other teams are better than you, but you have no excuses on why you shouldn't be in that conversation for winning a Super Bowl this year. There's no excuse. None at all. I, so I, I, I agree,
1: bro. I say not too wild. Um, Mike McCarthy isn't the perfect coach, but he's damn sure a good enough coach with mm-hmm. an all-star talent team that can get to the Super Bowl and even possibly win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I, I, like I've said for the past few years, there ain't really been too many excuses that the Cowboys can have other than j- them just being the Cowboys and folding when it really counts. But this year, bro, I don't, no. I don't see how they how have nothing. Like really, how could you fold? Like even if we say other teams are better than you right now, you you have first off you have a generational talent in um goddamn Michael Parsons. You got Trayvon did so the secondary stout. You got the Marcus Lawrence and that front seven like that shit is damn near impenetrable. And then you got Dak Zeke Pollard. You finna add um OBJ to CD Lamb and Gallup and what? Like bro, it's all star players everywhere, bro. How do you how do you not get there? Fuck winning. How do you just not even get to the Super Bowl with this team? So I I agree, bro. It, it'll be the biggest disappointment at franchise. This offense. was the most.
0: This is the most talented team because I don't think this team will be the same next year and the years after that. I think everybody at that point will start wanting to get money. That means you mm-hmm. trying to set up because Micah Parsons is going to get a generational deal. He's going to be the highest paid defensive player. You got to you got to set things up to revolve around that contract now when you're already paying that big money. And then you got to think about Elliott is not going to be there next year. Pollard is going to be your running back of the future. So you're not going to have that two-headed monster in the backfield anymore. Things are going to change next year. I don't know if Odell is going to stay in Dallas long term. Maybe he will, but that's not a certainty at this moment. You know what I'm saying? Some defensive things could change. So this, this is the best thing you got. Everybody is here now. You have to win because things will not, even next year, things will not be completely the same as they are now. You have to win. You have to take advantage. So I agree, bro. I agree. Moving on to mine, I have the Niners are still Super Bowl contenders with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Too wild or not too wild?
1: Uh, I say too wild. They have a chance to still make the playoffs and even have an interesting playoff game. But if you got Brock Purdy as your quarterback, I, I don't trust it, bro. I know with Jimmy G, we love to question it all the time. But, damn, if we question it with Jimmy G, and he actually winning games, I don't know what to think with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy got a dub against Miami, but Jimmy G was in a chunk of that game. And then there's no film on Brock Purdy. So if everybody else is healthy and playing how they're supposed to, he's just not supposed to mess up. But now they see how he's playing. I'm sure they're going to look up whatever practice footage they can up on this dude. So I, I have to say too wild. Super Bowl contenders, too wild. Playoff contenders, not too wild.
0: I say not too wild. And I say this because I have to put a lot of this on the shoulders of Kyle Shanahan. I think I've seen over the years, I've seen enough from Kyle Shanahan that he can make good quarterbacks out of players you wouldn't expect a lot of, out of. We have to remember them. Uh, a couple of years ago, he had CJ Mullen playing his uh, playing quarterback, or was it Nick Mullen? One of the I forgot what his name was. Nick Mullen, was he was number them. three, it was one of the two, but he had Nick Mullen playing good football for the San Francisco 49ers. And Nick Mullen, right now, I don't think is even on a roster. But when he was playing for San Francisco, he was playing excellent football. He was playing good football because of the quarterback, or because of the coach and the system that they had in place. I think if you go along with the system that Shanahan has in place, if you don't fuck it up with the turnovers, I think you can be okay. That's the thing. I think they still are contenders even with this quarterback because I believe so much in Kyle Shanahan offensively. And the defense is still the best in the league. I think... Like I said, that that game against Miami showed me a lot. That was the best offensive league in the league, and they completely shut them down. That defense, I'm putting a lot on their shoulders as well, but I'm also putting a lot on Kyle Shanahan of he will get this quarterback prepared for the challenges ahead for him. So mm-hmm. I think that I think that will be it. So I still think they will be contenders. Go ahead.
1: Uh my next one, who would you rather build around? Zach Edie or Oscar Schweb. She way. She way. I always fuck his name. i call the man OT, bro. I tell y'all all the time. i call him OT. Which uh, one would you rather build around though? If I had to give some stats for y'all, Edie is averaging 23 points, 13 rebounds, and he's shooting over 60% from the field. One of the best And in he's, the also 7'4". Yeah. <laughs> say, he's also seven
0: four. Yeah.
1: How about saying he's also seven four? So he mm-hmm. got the argument of being the best player in the league. Possibly, he plays for Purdue. Wanna, yeah. If you want to have that argument. Mm -hmm. And then OT, 14 points, 13 rebounds, two assists. Really the the foundation of Kentucky's team right now. So who would you rather build around?
0: I would rather build around, uh, damn, that's tough. I would rather build around, uh, damn. I would say Edie. I would rather build around Edie because I think Edie offensively and defensively has a huge impact. I think, um, what do you mean? You mean in college or you mean in the league?
1: I mean like um for the league, yeah.
0: For the NBA. For
1: like sure, if you're Edie. if you're scouting, if you're scouting right now, you're trying to figure out damn, like if if we had the number one pick and it could be between these two or wherever our pick is and these two yeah. are on the board, who would we rather pick because we feel like we could build around? Who would you pick?
0: Yeah, I would say Edie. NBA standards. I think he can run the floor well enough for his size. I think he has more post game than Oscar Shibuy does. And that's why that's why I'm really putting him over Sheepway, the offensive game defensively, he's taller. He has more of a a, a shot deterrence uh, effect than I would say Sheetway does. Sheetway does a lot of the little things, though. I think when he, he's going to have a role once he gets to the league because he's a hustle guy. He's going to bring nothing but energy. He's going to get steals. He's going to get blocks. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. I mean, he averages like 15 rebounds a game because of what he yep. does, just the energy that he brings. You know what I'm saying? He's the hardest working guy on the court. But when I talk about skill set. I got to get at the Edie, and I think that's what I'm looking for. I'm an NBA scout. The skill set that Edie has, I would lean in his favor.
1: Mm, Yeah, I would say Zach Edie as well. uh, To all the points that you made skill-wise, and just the fact offensively and defensively, you compare him with some of the best in the league when you're talking about NBA projections, and Mm -hmm. he he can make it work with anyone. He's, what, 7'4"?
0: 7'3", I want to say.
1: Because he's not as tall as Wimby. He's not as, as tall as Wimby. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild.
0: Because <laughs> i seen a video, bro. i seen a picture. It was Wimby. It was Zach Eady. It was, it was somebody else. I'm blanking on who it was. And then it was Rudy Gobert. It was mm. like three seven footers standing by each other. And that nigga Wimby was the tallest out of all of them. <laughs> and Wimby is seven, four, seven, five. So Eady isn't seven, four. He might be seven, two and a half, seven, three. But he's not 7'4", seven, 7'5", seven, like uh, Wimby is. So he is a little short. Mm. But yeah, I definitely, yeah, I would definitely go with Edie. Uh, moving forward, I have Deion Sanders will have the Colorado Buffaloes in the college football playoffs in three seasons.
1: Mm. Three? I'd say two wild. Um, Just off of the strength that you got too many people you got to go through, bro. It took Jim Harbaugh forever to get Michigan in the damn playoffs. And out of Ohio State, who else do he really have to go through in the Big Ten? So just imagine the Pac-12 when you got Oregon, Oregon State, um, UCLA, who has Mm -hmm. become like a real powerhouse now, USC with Lincoln Rock. That's four teams compared to the really just one that Michigan got to worry about. And Jim Harbaugh is just now getting Michigan into the college football playoffs. So I say, nah, but, but you Deon gotta Deon think Deon about Deon.
0: it though, bro. What's coming up soon? The expansion is coming up. Twelve-team playoff. That means just oh, more oh, opportunity yeah, yeah. for them to get in that bitch. I'm yeah, it's about not the course. same thing. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, more. Yeah. That's why I said three seasons, because in the third season, oh. that's when we're gonna see the change. Twelve-team playoff.
1: Oh, yeah. So We're I think it's not too, yeah. not, yeah. not too wild. Yeah. Colorado, yeah, not team playoff. Not too wild, bro.
0: Not too wild, bro. That's what I'm saying. Is there. Yeah. My bad. My bad. I was
1: that's like, why that's damn. why I'll put it.
0: That's why I'll put it in there. I was trying to see how you was gonna think the 12-team playoff is coming up. Is it it's not next year, it's the year after next, I think. I so it might be here in two years
1: 2024. 2024.
0: Yeah, 2024 a year. So it's gonna be here in two years, actually. So I mm-hmm. think by year three in Dion's tenure, they will be. In the top twelve conversation for him to be in the college football playoff, even though you said all those good teams in the 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 USC, the UCLA's, all them good teams out there in the Pac twelve, I think with the talent that he's going to bring in, the culture that he's going to build at Colorado, I think in the next three years he is going to be in this conversation. He's going to be right there. So I think, yeah, I agree, not too wild.
1: And my last one, uh, Texas is the best team in the country. Bro, undefeated right now. They beat Creighton, uh, Quincy was talking about not too long ago. They look like the most complete team. Number two in the team. nation right they're now. They're a good team, they're, bro. they're top 10, I think, top 10 or 11 defensively. They only allow, like, what, 50 points a game on average? So it's like, bro, I, I think with Tyrese Hunter and Marcus Carr and them boys, bro. And that's I, what I, I was going to break up. They're unbeatable right now, bro. I don't see nobody beating them coming up.
0: That's why I say I still question their shooting moving forward because I think that's always their Achilles heel, no matter who's the coach of the team. But something that I love this year opposed to last year and what they were doing, they're having Marcus Carr off the ball. Last year, they were trying to have Marcus Carr at point guard and having him create the the offense for everybody, having him basically, yeah, be the assist man. This year, they're having playing off the ball as the shooting guard. And I think that's opening up his game way more because they're having Tyrese Hunter play the point and have him playing the point guard, defending the point guard. And that's opening up Marcus Carr so much because for the first three years of Marcus Carr's career, he was at Pittsburgh and he was at, uh, he was at Minnesota university of Minnesota and he was a scorer. He was a straight scorer that he could pass, but he was really a scorer at heart and they're having him go back to that of uh, Just be a scorer, bro. Don't worry about all that other bullshit. Just score. And I think that's why we're seeing them so good because he's not thinking as much this year. He's just playing his game and that's opening him up. And that's why, that's the big difference I've seen from Texas opposed from last year. Uh, I've seen Houston play a couple couple of games. I think Houston is good as hell too. Houston got a lot of
1: talent. Yeah,
0: I I mean, we think Houston got them young boys. They got a lot of uh, veterans, but no, they got some actually some all Americans from high school talent too. I think they got a top 10 player in this recent recruiting class to go to their school. Jairus Walker is now at the university of Houston. So it's not just a veteran team with no uh young talent. They got some young talent on their team too. So I, Houston is in that conversation, but it's, they're up there, bro. They're up there. Texas is definitely up there, bro. They're definitely right there. I would just, ugh.
1: I'm telling you. Damn, bro.
0: I don't want to say I don't want to say Texas. I gotta look at the other four. Cause I think Purdue's had some good games. I got this Purdue year. up
1: there too. Purdue in that combo right now, too.
0: Purdue. I don't think Virginia is the best team. Um, I don't think Kansas is the best team.
1: I love Texas. Ah! And I love Purdue right now. And I y'all know I was on Purdue last year too. When they came to the March, um, when it came to March Madness, I was on Purdue last year too.
0: The damn showing sure Gonzaga. Gonzaga hockey trash this year. Uh they
1: still number eight, ain't they?
0: Now they're number six, eighteen currently, Uh-oh. and North Carolina went on a crazy stretch this year. I mean, this couple of weeks they lost four games in the last couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't disagree with you, bro. I, I would say not too wild of to that. Texas is right up there in that conversation because they do got the all around talent.
1: And um, some other notable names uh, I wanted to bring up. Quincy has mentioned him before, but Jordan Dingle shot the Jordan Dingle right now. Mm-hmm. He playing crazy. Jordan Walker at UAB. I have seen some of his Ooh! highlights recently he's fire that's my Boy, nigga yeah 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 fired. that's my nigga if y'all know who jordan walker is just look up. Look that's, jelly right now. that's
0: jelly fam that's jelly fam he was back there with javon quillity back in jelly fam he's from new jersey too he's from that same area so i've been keeping yeah, up nah, with that. him for a minute bro i made a video about him last year i think uh, for ncaa tournament time he's a bucket getter bro
1: he's a bucket getter for so for so
0: and uab is going to be scary they should be ranked honestly but UAB is going to be scary come tournament time. I thought they were scary th- last year. I thought they were going to upset some teams. This year, they got even better, bro. They got uh, another five-star who transferred from LSU. They got him on the team now to go along with Jordan Walker. So now it's just not Jordan Walker or die. It's like now we can actually bounce off these two players and we got a post-presence too. So UAB is way better than what they were last year. I think they're going to play a huge threat. Come NCAA tournament time, bro. Huge threat. So I agree with that one for sure. And yeah, uh, another one for Two Wild, or is that that? Uh, that's it. All right. And moving on to entertainment and current events, we got Nike officially drops Kyrie Irving. Did they drop yeah, him, or did they have an agreement that we're going to part ways? Because Kyrie wasn't wearing their shoes anyway. Yeah. So he it, it wasn't like he was, their shoes. he stopped wearing their shoes. He was wearing like no name brand shoes. So was it a partial, mutually part uh, parting of ways, or did they just say we're dropping you?
1: I think it was a mutual parting of ways because mm-hmm. as soon as the news dropped that said Nike has dropped Kyrie, he he had tweeted something about it feels good to finally be free or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I think I think they were going to drop him, and he just said, I really don't care. Y'all could do what y'all want to do. So mm-hmm. in in terms of that, yes, they split ways, quote unquote. But if you got to look at it for what it is, I I would have to go with the verbiage of they did drop him because mm-hmm. it's not like they had a conversation with him first. Like they are they are already like suspended the shoes that they were about to drop with him. Yeah. So it just made sense that eventually they were going to actually drop him. So I, that's why I say, yes, Nike did drop Kyrie, even though he was happy to be gone.
0: Mm hmm. So. This is the thing about Nike. Nike dropped Kyrie because John Morant is playing out of this world right now. John Morant is a Nike athlete. John Morant is about to have a signature shoe. It's like it's only a certain amount of players who can have signature shoes for certain brands. And I think it was a certain amount for Nike. That's why they dropped Kyrie. Obviously, with the extra baggage that Kyrie has been putting on himself, Nike didn't want that type of light on their company. But I think John Morant starting to rise up in the game, obviously being one of the most popular players, was a factor in this decision. But I think Kyrie wanted to go somewhere else anyway, so I'm not surprised at this. But the thing about Nike dropping Kyrie, which is interesting, Kyrie had the best-selling Nike over the past couple of years. He had the best basketball shoe over the past few years. Kyrie won is still one of the best basketball shoes that has dropped over the past five years. And that came out of Nike. So, and all of these other shoes that are being made, they look like carbon copies of themselves. I mean, even the LeBron 12, they added a Nike sign to it, but the LeBron 12s look like the PGs. The PGs look like the Giannis's. Kyrie was the only shoe that looked different from everybody else and was a good basketball shoe. So that's the thing with dropping Kyrie. You lost the only creativeness when it came to your your brand when all of these other shoes with all these other players kind of looked the same.
1: Yeah, and even KD, I think KD shoes starting to look a little bit like other people's, you know? Yeah. Like cuz KD shoe used to be clear as day. You could tell who was wearing Yeah. KD's. And like now it's like it's kind of merging into all these other looks. Like there there's like this Carmen copy that everybody is just slapping their name on it.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, yeah. like even though and I'm hearing a lot of good things about the LeBron 20 being an excellent basketball shoe, but it looks like the PG. I think the PG yep. just has or is it the PG or the Giannis shoes. They have, like, the backward Nike sign. So, it's like, they look the same aesthetically. They yep. just, the Nike sign is placed differently. Or with the LeBron 20, they got two Nike signs. So, they're adding a little shit like that. But, aesthetically, they look the same. It looks like the same shoe. When you look at the Kyrie Irving shoe, it looks different. Like, you can clearly see that's Kyrie's shoe. And they were great on basketball. For basketball. So, that's the only thing with dropping him. It's like, he was the best shoe, basketball shoe.
1: He definitely had, like, The best ankle support when it comes to hooping shoes. Yeah. And the shoe was light. Like the the Kyrie ones are light and they grip your ankles. So you ain't got to worry about, for the most part, you ain't got to worry about rolling your ankle. You ain't got to worry about lifting heavy ass shoes when you're jumping up in the air to dunk or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I ain't going to lie. He had one of the best hooping shoes.
0: Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like they they could potentially lose money because of the uh, creativity of his shoes. But Kyrie is going to go to another brand, still get money from one of these other businesses, I I wouldn't be surprised if he just went independently and just said, fuck all of these businesses and made his own shoe. He has the money to do it. I mean, it's a good uh business thing. We've seen LaVar Ball try to do it, but he doesn't have that same type of money like a Kyrie Irving does. So Kyrie could just come out with his own brand and just say, yeah, yeah, I'll sell my own shit and uh, put it in store. So I wouldn't be surprised at that at all either. So it's Kyrie at the end of the day too. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, moving forward, we have cryptocurrency leaders dying unexpectedly.
1: Yeah, so for everyone who's into all the conspiracy theory stuff, we got a lot of that going on right now with the world. It's of been crypto. weird, bro.
0: Because I've been keeping yeah. up with that too. Yeah, it's been weird.
1: Shit's been weird. It says right here on the um, I think this is NBC. This is a Texas NBC station. It says with the demise of crypto uh, empires like FTX, cryptocurrency has been in the news, bringing more crypto cyber news to the forefront. And it says the three people who were involved, the mysterious deaths of crypto investors, Nikola Mushigan, uh, who was 29, uh, Tiantian Kalander, who was 30, and Vyashilov Taran, who was 53, have drawn a lot of attention with all of their deaths being back to back, um, all the way from like, I want to say two. Like, I want to say early 2022 all the way until recently with the two back to back ones in November and uh, October and November. People are questioning why is this happening? Like, and they're happening in ways that are natural causes or just natural deaths, quote unquote, that they're making you not want to question it. But it's like, how are they dying back to back? Some of the biggest leaders, because one of them died by drowning, the other one just mm. died in his sleep. Like you're 30 years old, how are you dying in your sleep? Oh. So a lot of people are raising questions, and one of them, the last one that just died, he tweeted that the government might be coming for me, and then you just—that's what
0: I—that's what I was going to bring up. Is, are these suicides? You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's happening too close back but to back. But he said
1: that he said that yeah. in the tweet, bro. He said yeah. one of my death on um, one of my death theories is going to be a CIA suicide, quote unquote.
0: That's what I'm figuring out, bro, because all of these are happening around the same time. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago about all of these crypto um, exchange places like uh, Crypto.com. Uh, And other places like that, FTX.com, are starting to go to the drain because of the loss of Bitcoin going down, Ethereum going down. So many people are losing money because of that, and they have to either go bankrupt or sell their businesses. And we're starting to see that more people are starting to get caught up by the FBI because they're taking advantage of people that are are invested in their companies that the, the, the government is starting to catch up to them now. Because we see how you're trying to run game against us, it's like more people are catching up, and they can do some serious time for this shit. So rather than doing the serious time, they rather take the easy way out and kill themselves. We're seeing them do it in different ways, but I think there 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 is a link between all of them that they're all they were all going to get caught up with the FBI, but they did this before they could get caught up because they thought this would be better.
1: So you think they're actually committing suicide, and it's not the it's, government it's, it's actually not, killing
0: them? No, nah, I think it's something mm-hmm. else, bro. I think it's something else, cause it's happening. Cause, it's happening too crazy, bro.
1: Cause with the with the government thing, we can't even say it's just the U.S. government. Cause these are these are foreigners. For yeah, the these
0: ba- bitcoins. Yeah.
1: So these are people who are. I think one of them died uh like he flew from one country to the next or something like that, and he died when he got to another country. So we're dealing like with some United Nations type of government involvement oh, to where it's oh. like, damn, like. Can we really sit here and just rule these as suicides? Is that what the, you know, society... Oh, so, you, know,
0: oh, so like what everybody is saying... So, oh, okay, so everybody is saying these are CIA suicides. The government is killing them.
1: Yeah, whether it's CIA or Interpol or whatever government mm. you want to say is doing mm. it. Because that's what I'm saying. I don't want to just sit here and say it's the the U.S. government. Because yeah. some of these deaths are happening on the other side of the yeah, world. Yeah, 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 know. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So whether you think it's Interpol or the Russian government or the USA or whatever, like, I think these are too current, not too current. These are too reoccurring for us to just Mm. say they're, quote unquote, accidental. That's like three billionaires dying in the U.S. And we're just like, damn, that's crazy. And not trying to pinpoint anything that could be put together, especially if Mm. they're all in the same business. That makes
0: sense. that makes sense, because a lot of people yeah. were invested in, invested in these businesses. A lot of people were working with these crypto crypto exchange companies. And when people see that you're trying to take advantage of them, because these foreigners are also invested in this crypto shit as well. You know what I'm saying? So when you take advantage of them and their country, hey, sometimes they, they might take advantage and kill you if you get to their country, you know what I'm saying? Because some people are trying to flee from the U.S. government, and get away from the CIA. But see, you might go to another place and they're even more upset about what the crime that you have committed? You know what I'm saying? And they're just not going to throw you in jail. They might just kill you over there and, and fake it like a suicide. So, damn, that's a good point. Yeah. It could possibly be that too.
1: I, I just thought it was interesting because I'm like, damn, three billionaires of crypto back to back. Does that mean? it harm, yep. Does that mean people are going to be scared to make money in crypto now? Because, <laughs> because you know, because I think happening? it was
0: just these people were taking advantage of everybody else. So when you put your money in crypto you put your money in some sort of crypto exchange but these people uh, when everybody was trying to withdraw money they weren't giving their money to the people they were just mm. keeping the money for themselves and filing bankruptcy trying to take all of the money for themselves so they weren't giving their money back to the people so i could have 200 in crypto i try to withdraw it they're not giving me my money they're saying it's some sort of error meanwhile these crypto leaders have taken my money out of my account and have put it in their bank account and have fleed or have tried to flee, so I can no longer get my money because now they have it, and that's why they are billionaires now, and that's why they're filing for bankruptcy. You know what I'm ah. saying? Because that's tied up to the shit. That's why crypto. That's why crypto.com and that's why FTX. That's the type of shit that was happening with their leaders, and that's why so many of them are caught up in governmental cases and federal cases because they were doing that sneak shit. They can they can get away with it. That's why I was saying this isn't just a U.S. point like you brought up. Shit, you can go to another country and they're just as upset because they also have money in crypto. And they can't get their money out because people are saying it's an error or you're filing for bankruptcy. And they're even more upset. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of it's it. It, go, it dives deep. It goes deep. You know what I'm saying? With these type of crypto and stock uh, exchange companies.
1: Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, Damn. bro. It's nuts, bro.
0: All right, moving on. A 10-year-old Wisconsin boy kills his mother over a video game.
1: Uh, yeah, so it says right here um, from ABC7 in Milwaukee, a 10-year-old boy in Milwaukee is accused of shooting and killing his mom because she went and bought him a virtual reality headset. Uh, according to criminal complaint, the, body, the boy originally told police he accidentally shot his mom when he was twirling the gun. And the boy said he got the gun because he was mad at his mom for waking him up at 6 in the morning. And that she would not allow him to order a virtual reality headset from Amazon. He stole his mother's own key to the gun safe, and uh, he took a shooting. He stood up in a shooting stance, and he wanted to shoot the wall to scare her. But she walked in front of him, and it says right here at the bottom of the article: the boy has been charged with first-degree homicide. And since the boy has been charged as an adult. He faces up to 60 years in prison if found guilty, and he's on bond. Uh, his bond is set at $50,000, and he's set to return to court uh, this week on December 7th.
0: Damn! He was tried as an adult?
1: Mm-hmm. I did
0: not know that. I heard about this story because it's such a wild-ass situation, but I did not know he yeah. was tried as an adult, though.
1: Damn! Yeah, that shit wild, bro.
0: That shit is nuts. How did he end up getting the gun?
1: He, uh, she had a gun and a gun safe in the house, and he mm-hmm. stole the key. I don't know how he stole the keys, but he stole the keys to her gun safe and took her gun. Wow!
0: Damn, that's so crazy. So he said he was trying to shoot the wall, trying to scare her.
1: Mm-hmm. And but still, he, my nigga, it's a she video. She probably brain. tried to walk. <laughs> she probably tried to walk out the way and like. Just being in the situation, she was probably trying to get the gun from him. So that's why in the article when it says she walked in front of him, she was probably trying to find a way to get the gun from him, and he ended up shooting. So that's why he says he didn't shoot her on purpose, or he was trying to shoot the wall, but ended up shooting her, which kills her.
0: Still, my nigga, like, why you got a gun when it comes to a video game? You can't play a video game, so you pull out the gun? But that tells you how spoiled these last kids are, bro. If they don't have their technology, they're willing to go to these limps. Even though this wasn't on purpose, this was a quote-unquote accident, it's like, damn, why are you even going to these limps to play a fucking video game, my nigga, to have your VR headset? Like, who gives a fuck? If your mom said you can't do it, you can't do it. Nigga, go do some other shit. Go outside. Touch some fucking grass. But no, these niggas is shooting their moms over a fucking video game. That's nuts. A, A lady lost her life of her dumbass son. That's nuts to me, dog. Even though that's her son, that's nuts, bro. That's nuts.
1: And people in the family, um, when the boy had to go stay with the family for a little while before they actually made the arrest, they even some people in the family were saying, yeah, he's always had like anger issues and this, that, and the third, blah blah blah. And the crazy part about it is, bro, these are black people. Like he's black. And I know we always joke about how this is white people shit and blah blah blah. It's like, bro, it can happen with anybody, bro. Like, it can happen with anybody. That shit is And wild. it's
0: funny. Now, it's not funny, but it's crazy that it's happened to a black person because black people are usually put in check at a young age of like, hey, oh, yeah. nigga, if, yeah. I say, if I say you don't get this shit, nigga, you ain't getting this shit. And we learn yeah, yeah. right away that, hey, all right, cool. I ain't getting this shit. All right, well, I'm moving on to some other shit. But the fact that he was like, I ain't playing this game and I'm going to go to this left to show you I ain't playing around, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Because what's the what's the scenario? What's the best case scenario for the kid? Let's think about that. You pull the gun out on your mom. Just pull it out. You put it out on your mom. You don't kill her, right? So what, right. what do you expect to happen after that? You shoot the wall. You still expect to play the game after you just shot a wall, nigga? You still ain't playing shit, nigga. I'm sitting here you kick out the crib.
1: Like, you, nigga, I was going to say, is- you still expect your mom to like fully love you for real? Like, <laughs> You feel
0: what I'm saying? Like, even if you did a killer, what is the best case scenario you even had in your mind? Obviously, he's 10 and he's not thinking of the the, the, the the future impact. But still, like, what was even the best case scenario for you out of that situation for you to end up playing a video game and your mom to be safe? Like, come on. And you won't be, uh, it won't be any sort of
1: consequence. Cause if this was any other race, bro, a lot of us would be saying, hey, he crazy as fuck. Y'all need to try him as an adult, blah, blah, blah. We got to have that same energy, even no, though he's black, bro. We got to have Fact. that same This This is crazy shit. Like, and this is a situation where even though he's being tried as an adult and he could face prison time, I, I doubt they're going to put a child in prison. He'll probably be in whatever juvenile shit until he's old enough to get transferred to prison. Mm. But And it'll be max whatever area he's in. But he needs to get help. I feel like he needs to psychologically like, get help to figure out what's wrong with him mentally. Because at 10 years old, you kill your mom because she didn't buy you a video game. And your family says you have a history. Since you've been a child, this whole time of your childhood, you have anger issues. He got to get mental help too, bro. Not just locking him up and treating him like an animal. He deserves to be in prison for what he did, but help him at the same time. So
0: That shit is nuts, bro. That shit is definitely nuts. And moving on, who throws a better straight than Yay?
1: Man, I don't even know what to say to this. Uh, Chris Paul was just minding his own business. He was probably in the middle of a game. I don't even know if the Suns were playing when Kanye tweeted this. But uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Paul was minding his own business when, just like the rest of us, we go on Twitter to find out apparently he has slept with Kim Kardashian. And Kanye mm. just saying it before going mm-hmm. to bed. This is a, and Kanye is funny as hell. He'll say some off the wall shit and then really just plug his phone up, put it down, <laughs> right go to sleep. Yeah, he go to sleep. <laughs> like he'll just say. set the world on he'll set the <laughs> social media world on fire and then just go to sleep. So he just went to sleep with that on his mind. And yeah, now yeah, all yeah. of us are looking at Chris Paul crazy and bro the fact that Chris Paul caught this straight and we're not even gonna look at Chris Paul crazy and really try to dive into whether he did it or not. We're just nah, he did at how that crazy it is. That Ye has said this, like that—that's crazy, bro.
0: Because this is what I've heard, bro. I, I I dove into the tea a little bit with this one, because the the Kardashians ended up coming out and saying they obviously gonna deny Kim was with Chris Paul for sure. But it's it's crazy, and I obviously Chris Paul is gonna deny this shit as well because they're the two uh, accused. But the the Drake part of this situation makes this all tricky because it makes it funny as hell and it makes it tricky and it makes me feel like something actually did happen. So when Drake was trying to roll out the certified lover boy album and that's when he was still beefing with Kanye, it was a picture where him and a couple of his uh, homeboys were wearing crisp ball jerseys, obviously trying to troll him about Kim. Nobody understood the reference and it was, his album ended up releasing on September 3rd. So everybody probably thought he was wearing the number three for the September 3rd shit. But now, a couple of years later, it's like this nigga was wearing that shit to troll Kanye about the Kim shit. So it's like, I honestly don't fully believe the Kardashians and Chris Paul because why did Drake do that? Like, there has to be some truth to what Kanye is saying. So it's just funny as hell. I didn't
1: even need to see the Drake shit. I just, I found value in it because it's like, hey, that's your ex-wife. You were with her for however many years. Like, I'm sure. And you're in the industry and you're around all these people you know bro like you know yeah. shit that we will probably never know about kim kardashian so we have no choice but to possibly believe whatever you're <laughs> saying at least even if we don't fully believe it we can't just discount what you're saying mm-hmm. so i i think it's on um, crazy as hell. i thought the the drake shit was funny when i when i realized uh the picture once people like deciphered it i was like wow that's some crazy shit and then <laughs> in the song he even said, you know, link it with the ops. I did that shit for Jay Prince. So it's like, mm-hmm. even though they did the little Larry Hoover shit, they never really have ever gotten back cool. It was mm-hmm. just like, okay, we're not beefing anymore, but I'm still not cool with this nigga.
0: Yeah. That shit is nuts when it comes to Drake, bro. Drake be doing all the team of <laughs> This me nigga, because somebody had tweeted out, he was, they was like, think about the messiest person you know, and why is it Drake? That shit killed me, dog. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Cause he really is my nigga. He really is the
1: He'd best. Be shit, he yeah, be, be knowing shit, bro. Yeah, I swear to God, shit. he
0: is, dog. That nigga know shit. Be, right. He always
1: be talking about how he never want to get married, and he, you know, he he sees like getting married as like the worst thing that can happen. Cause he probably be seeing the shit that we don't be seeing, mm-hmm. bro.
0: Nah, <laughs> no facts, facts, facts. <laughs> All right, and moving on to past the ox, man. What you got for song of the week?
1: Uh, my song of the week is Metro Spider of YSL Woo! Forever, man. Young Thug and, and Metro so moving wild, off of that I mean, heroes. That, and that song is so funny. Yes,
0: bigger than the present is now. My no life for scandal. That shit wild, <laughs> man. Nigga. This whole album, I want to talk about this Metro album because this album, bro, literally has zero skips, bro. And the Mallory bros talked about this when he dropped the last one with Offset and Twenty One Savage. How he shouldn't even be doing music as, and and, and uh, with artists anymore. He should be making like cinema scores, that type of thing, soundtracks for like movies. Now that's how vivid mm-hmm. he is with his music. Like you was hearing cars in their background with certain songs. You were hearing bells going crazy. And then he made
1: that short film too. Yeah, he made, he short
0: made the short film. It's so much about Metro Boomin, and especially and going back. This isn't just this album. But the last one with 21 Offset, he has so much cinema qualities when it comes to his music where it's like, damn, bro. He's gotten to the pinnacle of this producing shit, bro, where nobody is touching him. Nobody at all is touching him when it comes to production. um,
1: Even with Savage Mode 2. Savage Mode 2 is another one. Yeah, Yeah.
0: exactly. Nobody is touching him with this shit.
1: He had had a hand to play in her loss. He had a few songs on there where it was Metro Boomin was the lead producer. There was other producers Mm -hmm. on a lot of these songs, but you could tell when he's the lead producer on it. And it's like, bro, he's getting into that bag of, when we talk about some of the best producers of generations for the 2010s and even into the 2020s, Metro Boomin is up there. Some of the best call times Yeah. some of the best ad-libs that we know, it's bad. Metro Metro Boomin, he
0: got it on Smash. Hey, that shit crazy.
1: <laughs> if, if metro your metro don't knows, show, touch i'm hey. when that shit dropped <laughs> with bro when future said that metro had the game was on. That live, that was, what was that what a time to be alive what was that what a time to be alive jump man yes sir. that was the first song yes, we heard that song. that's oh, when we heard yeah. future say that bro everybody was putting that ad lib on their song for oh. <laughs> the rest of but like that whole next calendar year, every song yeah, that did, bro, you heard that
0: tag, bro. That shit time. is fire, bro. That shit is fire. My song is filled of fire, bro. And rest Ooh. in peace to my nigga, takeoff, bro. Yeah, that fucking song. Did y'all hear what he did with that song? If that's the last song takeoff ever made, that's a crazy last verse from
1: takeoff. It bro. is. He
0: went through the alphabet, my nigga. and that's gave t- me a verse. That shit crazy bro and it showed you even it showed you his legacy just with that verse my nigga how much he changed the game when it comes to this rapping shit my nigga truthfully and that's set, that's set aside from the other two migos just take off by himself you see when he's on this song by himself how much he changed the culture of this music shit dog so rest in peace to my nigga take off my nigga that's right. crazy bro rest in peace because he said it when he died or before he died or like he wants his music to live on. I, I, we talked about it before, even when it comes to music or just or Migos or uh, just regular takeoff music. This type of shit that he's dropped, this should live. That's this is will live forever, my nigga. I'll never yep. stop playing Migos or takeoff music when he has music like this, my nigga.
1: This shit, crazy. I did. I did the Apple replay thing, you know, where you, um, yeah, how many minutes Migos always in my top five, bro, every time, exactly,
0: every my time. nigga. Yeah, man. So damn, rest in peace, my nigga, take off. But there's so many fire tracks on here. I mean, Raindrops with Travis Scott. I mean, Umbrella with 21 and Nudie. It was so much fire on here, my nigga.
1: I'm ready for the Travis Scott project, bro. He I'm was ready the for his next, his next project.
0: He was the standout on this album.
1: I'm waiting for, I think, uh Euphoria. I think it was uh, Utopia. Utopia Euphoria. Utopia, yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for that, bro. I don't know if he had like some type of major pushback on it with the whole, you know, um, Astral World incident. Mm-hmm. I feel like that fucked up his image for a minute, so he just really took a break. But I hope 2023 we get Utopia, bro. Cuz I'm going to mm-hmm. keep saying it. Travis Scott is one of the most diverse special artists, bro. Like <laughs> I love Travis Scott. Like he's different, bro. He's different. I didn't know he
0: didn't win a Grammy on that for the album. I didn't know he didn't win a Grammy for Astral World.
1: That's when I already got snubbed. That's, I already he
0: got snubbed.
1: That's when Cardi won. I didn't bro. know that. Oh. oh,
0: that's when Cardi won? I
1: didn't
0: know that. Damn. You ever, know that. you ever
1: saw his documentary? Um, look, my I, I watched fly. it with you.
0: I didn't know he lost though. Yeah, I, I forgot he
1: that's, lost. That's bro. That's why so many people had a problem with Cardi winning the Grammy. It wasn't even the fact that she won a Grammy, it's the fact that y'all let her win over. The album we knew was the album of the year. They mm-hmm. said even her shit wasn't even better than Pusha T. I didn't even listen to Pusha T album because mm-hmm. Pusha T had an album that year too. I forgot the name of it. It was the it was the album that had like a real messed up dresser cover or some shit oh, like
0: that. Oh fuck! Yeah, Jeez, I feel like it was Daytona.
1: Daytona. It was Daytona. Daytona. Daytona.
0: Yeah, yeah, Daytona. Yeah, 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 yeah You yeah.
1: were going up against Daytona and Astro World, and everybody knew it was supposed to be Astro World, bro. And Cardi B won that bitch. And it was Damn. like, and you saw in the documentary how pissed he was. Yeah. And I think, I think we didn't get a full look of how upset he was. Cause he cool with me goes, he cool with offset. Like he, he cool with the whole QC family and Cardi has integrated herself into the QC family. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think he let us see how fully upset he was. He was probably mm-hmm. like, bro, how the fuck does girl want, bro?
0: Yeah. 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 I didn't know that, bro. I forgot all about the ending of that damn documentary, bro. Invasion really of
1: Privacy won the yeah. album uh, album of the year in 2019, bro. That damn, shit was
0: wild, bro, because I had looked that shit up because I was I was for sure he won a Grammy, bro. Because he he said something about a Grammy in this shit. He said something about a Grammy in one of these songs, and I was like, damn, he ain't win a Grammy. So I looked it up and I said, damn, he didn't win that bitch. I was surprised as fuck. But yeah, he was the standout from this album, dog. And I love how. How Metro Boomin he molds songs around the artists that he has on it. So, exactly. like all of these songs that Twenty One was on, it felt like a Twenty One track. All of these songs that Travis was on, it felt like a a Travis Scott track. The ones that Future on felt like a True a, a Future track, and the one with Weekend with the Creeping Joint, that shit felt like a Weekend track. He molds songs around the artists that are going to be on him, and this shit works every time, my nigga. This is a fight. He got project, an album bro.
1: coming out with Future. Album coming out with future yes. in the first part of 2023. And that shit finna be crazy. I'ma tell y'all right now. Hey, future gonna, I'm gonna have an album of the year contender again. I'm
0: gonna keep it real with y'all, bro. I'm gonna keep it to being. If he would have dropped this earlier in the year, this would have been top two album of the year candidate. I promise to God it would oh,
1: have.
0: Yeah. I promise yeah. to God it would have. I don't know if it's too late because I think it's already too late to be album of the year now, because I think you're yeah, gonna yeah, be folding into 2023.
1: Yeah. It's her loss. Like, her loss too late.
0: Yeah, her lay, Yeah, and her loss. La- Drake dropped, so you already know Drake gonna win all of those type of awards. But <laughs> this this album, dog, is up there for album of the year, bro. If we just talking about albums that dropped this year or don't talk about the Grammys and all these other award companies, just talk about albums that dropped this year, this was a top two project, bro. This was a top two project. I think my, my man is up there. Future's up there. I think it's right there. I think the Metro Boomin' is right there. Number two. Then you could talk I, about the Kendricks and Jids.
1: I think the favorites, I Never Liked You by Future, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers with Kendrick.
0: Got that um, Her Loss joint.
1: Her Loss, that was one of the biggest albums, Metro Boomin'. My my underrated albums of the year, I'm going to continue to say it, Traumazine by Meg. That, mm-hmm. That's an underrated ass album. It's a lot of people that's going to say that album wasn't really shit. That's an underrated ass album, because that girl was rapping her ass off. So, shout out to Meg. And this ain't a rap album, but Ella Mae. Ella Mae had one of the hottest <laughs> albums this year, bro. Now nah, she did. That shit's crazy.
0: Now nah, she did. I definitely found that album a lot. That shit was heavy,
1: for sure. But damn.
0: All right, bro. But moving on to movie and show reviews, what we got coming up next?
1: I uh, got to do Raising Canaan, Avatar, Prey, Glass, Onion. Uh, Oh, that new Transformers preview, boy. That Ooh, shit, look fire! I see. We gonna, gonna, lie show, to y'all y'all. We're gonna My, show y'all Michael that next Bay week. Michael Bay not directing it, so we ain't gotta worry about no slow mo explosions. explosions and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, oh, but shout out to the dude who is directing. Can't remember his name right now. He directed Creed two, so shout out to bruh, cause Creed two was better than the first Creed. And I, I let y'all know now, the first Creed was so good, and the second one I think was even better with the whole Drago storyline. So um, I think this new Transformers, is gonna be different than all the other ones. We
0: Steven seen, Capel, you
1: know? yes, him. Mm. That's his name. That's his name. Are oh, he black too? That's what I'm saying, bro. Like we we getting a little creative this with this shit. <laughs> and <laughs> thanks, if we bringing the um, we I always forget the name of the animal Transformers, but they they really got it like the cartoon for real. With how they but they could the turn in the cars. into cars, yeah.
0: They can still yeah, turn the cars, bro, yeah.
1: This shit finna be fire.
0: Yeah, that shit look good, bro. I seen the trailer and I said, damn. I said, it's going to be up there.
1: And I don't think Bumblebee is going to be the the main car to the protagonist for this It was film. a great car, wasn't it? It was a great car this time. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is interesting because Bumblebee is always the fan favorite. He's always the car that is connected to the protagonist of the story. Hmm. Now we're getting a whole different car. So I think that's interesting, too. So,
0: mm-hmm. Damn, yeah. I'm looking forward to that shit, bro. Definitely. For, I like the Transformers that dropped before too. I like the Transformers with Shia LaBeouf, but I didn't really watch the last the, couple. But the first couple was good.
1: The first two were good. Dark and the Moon was. Uh, I don't really remember what was, happened
0: in the movies, but I thought they were good.
1: The two with Mark Wahlberg trash. I'm about to say
0: I don't even remember. That's the ones I didn't watch at all. I, I just know <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. I just know the Shia LaBeouf joints. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know that nigga shit. But yeah. But uh, anything else, bro? Nah, that's it. All right, man. We appreciate you guys for listening and watching. And we out.
1: Peace. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the Q&E Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And feel free to listen to us anytime on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Submit all questions and inquiries to q and at gmail.com.